Calgary guys talking Calgary sports. Pinder and Steinberg are only on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hey, how about that, Mr. Pinder? We got some actual Calgary Flames hockey-related news that isn't NHL 94 or the New Jersey Devils simulating their game on Twitch last night or people talking about what the season was or what the next season might be. We actually have real Calgary Flames news this afternoon. They've signed a pair of college free agents, a pair of college blue line free agents, uh, Colton Poolman from the University of North Dakota and Connor Mackey from Minnesota State University, Mankato. Uh, we will be joined by General Manager Brad Treliving in just a couple of minutes to kick off the program. But how about that? Some actual Flames news, Mr. Pender. Is Ryan there? He was when not he hear started, Mr. Pinder. but uh, apparently not now. It's not here now. Okay, so no Pinder. Um, Klein, feel free to uh, uh, tell me that you uh, can't talk. Uh, why don't you answer the phone? We'll get Brad on the air, and then uh, we can uh, troubleshoot with uh, Ryan Pinder and his connection in just a second. But Brad Living, the general manager of the Calgary Flames, is just about to join us on the program this afternoon. Welcome to Pinder and Steinberg uh, from Shea Steinberg, Shea Pinder, and, and the Basement System downtown studio. Three different locations as the new normal starts to set in. We will hear from Connor Mackey coming up at 3 o'clock. We will hear from Colton Poolman coming up at 3.30. So my name is Pat Steinberg. We are connecting with Pinder as well, trying to get him all hooked up. But right now, let's go down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline and say hello to the general manager of the Calgary Flames. Brad Treliving joins the program this afternoon. Brad, thanks for doing this, and uh, thank you for giving us some hockey news today. Yeah, uh, it's strange days indeed, Pat, but uh, uh, we've tried to keep... Uh, First of all, we know there's much more important things going on there, um, and so that's that goes without saying. But uh, we've tried to keep grinding away here on our business, and we're we're certainly happy to get uh, the two guys signed that we got signed today. Well, take us through before we get into the specifics of the two players that you have signed, Connor Mackey and and Colton Pullman. Take us through this process. Was the college free agent signing process any different, uh, significantly different than in other years at this time? I wouldn't say significantly different. You just had, well, you had two, two, I guess, major differences. So I guess it probably was significantly different. Um, you know, all of a sudden the season just ends. So, so like all of us, you had a lot of players that, um, you know, you you just sort of your internal timing that you're thinking that they're they're going either on to regionals or they're they're going to play at a, at minimum to this date. All of a sudden, everything came to an end. Um, and then certainly um, the changes right now or the rules right now that the, the league has put in place that. Um, you know, teams right now are unable to sign players for the 1920 season. So everything's a future contract. So you've seen in the past where a player quote unquote burns a year or comes in and signs and, and, you know, burns that, that first year or that year of eligibility off an entry-level contract, those, those situations um, are not available right now. And obviously with the uncertainty 
of the league and when we will be back. You know, I think I think early on, some player, you know, players and their representatives and their advisors looked at say, okay, is there, should we wait and maybe we get a little bit more clarification or more clarity uh, whether the league and when the league's going to be back later on. So those are probably the the two biggest changes, Pat. But for the most part, it was it was business as usual as you're going through the process. And you know, these are players you've been watching you know, in some cases for a few years. And so now, then it was just connecting at the end with their advisors and usually with their parents and them and, and walking them through your your program and, and, and sort of where you stand and, and for them to ultimately make a decision. Tell us about the two players. Tell us about Colton Pullman and Connor Mackey and, and why you wanted them as part of the Flames organization. Well, first of all, we think they're both real good players. Um, you know, they, they're, they're, you know, as, as in the case with most college free agents, they're not, you know, they're not 17, 18, so they're physically mature. I think both players are really pushing and, and uh, um, you know, are, are not far from playing. I mean, that, I think they're very close. Um, you know, that'll be up to them as you get into training camp and all the rest of it, but I think both of them are, are, are close players. They're different in a lot of cases. If you look at Connor, Connor's a real big man. Um, moves very well for for a guy his size. Mobile um, moves the puck well. I think he's just he's just a good all round player. You know, he's probably generated as much um, you know hype around him as, as any player as any college free agent this year. Uh, and really, the last two years, he's a player that we. I believe it was 2017 we had him at our development camp um, and we've been tracking him, you know, ever since his USHL days, but he really just, he, he does everything real well. Um, sort of an all round guy. You wouldn't pinpoint him in a certain area, um, big mobile, long, lots of reach, good range, moves the puck fine, not a dynamic player, but moves the puck fine. And then I think he's just as because of his length, because of his, his mobility is going to be a player that, that, you know, in today's game can be a matchup guy where he can defend against speed. He can defend against skill um, long and, and then has a chance to transition a puck. Um, when I look at Colton um, similar, you know, if you look at him at a college standpoint, he plays in all situations, you know, power play penalty kill um, about six, one, you know, give or take 200 pounds, um, real hard edge to him. You know, this is a really highly competitive, highly character player. If you talk to that staff, and I encourage you to do it, the staff at North Dakota, they'll talk about him, you know, over the course of the last 20 years of that program in terms of the character the character people that they've had through there. And I think Colton, they would tell you, is right at the top of the list. So a two-year captain at North Dakota, um, you know, plays with an edge, um, hard defender. I look at him more as a, you know, a guy who's going to kill penalties. Um, you know, this isn't a guy who just whacks the puck around the boards. He's got some ability with it. He moves it. It's simple. Not going to be, you know, he's not going to be a, a confused with the real dynamic puck moving guy, but just a real, you know, real solid guy. These types of people, both of them are guys you win with. You know, there's, there's, um, um, like a solid edge to him, a competitive guy, high character. So, um, like I said, and both guys are both guys are at that age too, where they're now coming out of college hockey. But I think they're both going to be pushing. 
23 and 24 years old. So I, I would imagine expectation jump in and at the at the very worst kind of be guys that can jump right in and be somewhat impact makers at the American League level to start their pro careers. Yeah, I, I think uh, certainly. I mean, what we told them, we, you, you got to be careful putting any, you know, any expectations on guys. They're 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 young players. Um, they've not played pro hockey yet, so there's always an adjustment, especially when you start looking at the NHL. So, you know, there what we've we, what we've added today is we made our defense depth dramatically deeper than it was yesterday. And uh, you know, when you look at our NHL roster, we've graduated a lot of young players. There's, you know. You know, or or we've had players playing here that are still young. When you look at Hannafin and Anderson and Shillington and Balamack, he's mm-hmm. been hurt. Um, those are young players, but you know we've we've now got to restock the system, if you will. And bringing these two guys in, um, you know, ahead of the draft, where where I, I expect us to, you know, obviously draft some defensemen. It's that next cycle of guys, um, but these we think highly of both. And I and in both cases, it, it's a it's a testament to the staff, the work of our staff, and. You know, none of these signings happen without the work of Billy Powers and Craig Conroy. They're on the front lines with with at the college level. Like I said, they bring him. Billy brings him to development camp. You know, he's in touch with them. He's he's working them, meeting with the families, meeting with the advisors, meeting with the player. You know, day after day. Same with Craig. These guys were. You know, um, it's a it's really been a two year process when you look at. Connor Mackey and uh, I certainly want to make sure that uh, recognize both Billy and Craig for their work and in, in, in getting these things done. In conversation with Flames General Manager Brad Tree Living, Calgary adding a couple of defensemen to their organization today in Connor Mackey and Colton Pullman, both college free agent signings. You talk about the the depth on the blue line and, and making your blue line deeper, Brad, and, and I know that you've talked many times about how important that is, but if you can just underline again how how much import there is on being able to be deep up and down your organization at that position specifically. Well, I just think that's you, that's you, you can't have a chance to win with, if you're not strong in the back end, and we saw it this year. <laughs> Excuse me, we saw it this year with um, you know we 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 had to go spend a couple assets. We got injuries at the end of the year um, with Geo and Hammer, and we got thin there. And uh, you know those are a little bit different circumstances where we didn't know how long they were going to be, um, but you can never have too many defensemen and. Uh, to me, they're like gold chips, and you know we'll continue to draft them. We'll continue to mine them from wherever we can get them, and uh, but they're 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 critically important. And the, the you know you look around the league, it's just it's hard to find D. Um, it's always been hard to find D, and it continues to be. So when you can when you can add them to your system, um, you know, like I said, it's uh, and especially through this route where you're you're not expending an asset, uh, it's 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 paramount and so um we worked hard to get these guys and and like i said they're we're we're excited to have both of them just the overall market when it came to college free agent signings obviously you talked about the differences in getting that stuff done but what was it still a pretty busy market and, and lots of bidding wars out there not even just on these two players oh yeah it's it's competitive it's competitive league it's a it's a small world um, everybody knows who the players are, um, and like I said, we don't we don't we don't cast a uh, 
you know, we're not, we don't have a list of 50 guys and just keep going to the next one. We, we, we try to really isolate and target certain players. Um, and these, these two, you know, at the, at the, on the, on the back end, we're our top guys and have been for a while. And that's, that's who we went after. And, and we explain that to them and, and walk them through our process. But, you know, everybody's looking, as I said, everybody's looking for D, everybody's looking for players. Um, you know, you only can, you can only get players from so many sources, right? You draft them, you, you sign them as free agents. So each year the, 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 the market becomes that much more competitive. And, you know, it ebbs and flows in terms of the college free agent. This was, this is a year that, um, you know, we liked the number of players. Um, but when we really, in the final analysis, boil it down and say, okay, who, are we, who do we think of a chance to be NHL players? You know, these two we felt, and we're still looking at one more player up front. Um, and uh, and we'll, we'll hopefully get uh, word on that here in the next day or so. Um, but as we tell the players, we're not, it's not a long list. And we, we go at those that we think have got a chance to, to play for us. And, and, uh, and certainly these two, uh, we're right at the top of the list. Brad, you mentioned Connor Mackey and him coming to your development camp in 2017. We don't know if there's going to be a, a D camp this summer or not, and, and obviously there are far more important things. But I'm just you have you have signed players before out of that development camp, and and I'm just I'm curious as to the role in that camp, not just for guys who are already officially in your organization, but also for guys who might be, and and how that camp can start the ball rolling to potential add future pieces to your group down the road bang on Pat we, we use that camp for two specific reasons it's to continue to educate you know players whether they're our property or not but primarily the players that we've drafted or signed recently or young players you know it's it's as you hear me say all the time it's an orientation camp so it's I'm not interested in you know making teams or cutting players in July. It's about how do we, how do we get you ready? How do we maximize the summer that you have in front of you? If you're a young player, this is drafted. How do we teach you exactly what it's like to be a Calgary flame, what we expect, how we live, how we train, how we go about nutrition, all those types of things. And then the second piece is to introduce ourselves to players that we may down the road be looking to sign. Some of them, you know, we've signed, coming out of that camp. Some of them is in Connor Mackey's case is players that we know are going to school, maybe just starting school, maybe after their first year that we feel our staff has identified that these are going to be players of interest, of interest to us down the road. And, and there's a number of players that have attended our camp that, you know, signed elsewhere at some point um, that we were, weren't able to sign them. So it's a critical tool to help in your player identification um, and, and your player procurement process is bringing them into the camp and and getting not only you to to learn about them but them to learn about you and experience you know meet the staff and experience the facilities and see what it's like in the area so um and and it's we we've had a lot of success selling you know that when players come in they just have a good experience um enjoy the staff they learn a ton at these camps um, and they leave there thinking it's a very well professionally run organization that I can get better in. So you hit the nail on the head that it's not just, you know, education for our players, but it's for us to learn a little bit of about free agents and uh, 
and maybe at the time like it like with Connor that you can refer back to and and you know that that started the relationship in 2017 him coming to the camp mm-hmm. and now we look look to today and we're successfully got him as a member of the organization Brad was uh and, and I know that there are a lot of other things going on that are more important than hockey and outside of hockey. But, you know, just uh, maybe a personal anecdote for you. Was it nice to be able to dig into these contracts and, and dig into these conversations and negotiations just as kind of a partial distraction for what's going on in the outside world? Yeah, yeah, you hit it again. Like, I, we we know there's more important things, and, and everybody's going through difficult times right now. We've tried to just you know, um, make sure our, our, our groups looked after, help out wherever we can look after our families and then try to immerse ourselves in, in our work, which we do every day. It just how do we make our team better? And is there opportunities right now that we need to, 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 to go on? So, um, with everything that was going on, it's, it's, it, it did gave us at least a little distraction as we went through the process. We've been working on this for a while, but certainly the last 72 hours has been, you know, as it as it sort of comes to a culmination, is where we've been spending all our time. But again, um, you know, our 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 mind isn't far removed from knowing everything that's going on out there, and and our thoughts for everybody are with everybody in our community to make sure that they're doing all the things they need to be doing, and hopefully, uh, hopefully, we can get through this sooner rather than later, and and, and good days ahead. Final thought for you, Brad, and that's just what what else is on the docket for a general manager during these times? Like, what else are you sifting through? What else are are you having to stay on top of in in kind of this strange limbo we're in? Well, bouncing off the walls a little bit, it would probably put it slightly. <laughs> um, the you know what we've tried to do is okay, we're we're in the situation we're in. How do we how do we how do we make the very best? And we're going to get out of this. We're going to come out of it. And like in all times of distress, um, you know, can you can you come out of it, you know, better than when you went into it? And, and so we're trying, we're working with our scouting staff right now, both pro and amateur. We've got a draft to prepare for. So now we can't go watch the players live. How much more viewings can we get as we, as we disseminate video to them? We can get more crossover viewings that, that maybe we wouldn't do otherwise is there is there a deeper dive that we can get into on that so we're keeping them busy keeping the pro staff busy in terms of you know if we look into our team now obviously we've got some expiring contracts but no different than we'd normally do it look at project work of studying you know each division that we've assigned for our guys to really dig in and and find out more about players out there than we than we know so um it's a time that we've like i said it's it's a it's a it's a real uh, unknown that's going on out there. Um, but for our little cocoon here, we're trying to make sure we're staying active, we're staying busy, and that we can uh, uh, when we get out of this thing that we'll be um, we'll be ahead of the game. So that's that's what we're trying to stay active with in terms of the business. We had uh, we had Conroy on talking about some stories from 2004 earlier this week, and I just asked him, he's like, May, can this maybe be uh, may, maybe Brad can get some sleep during this time, and because there's there's not as much going on, and he, ah, no, uh, Brad's Brad's still working the phones like crazy, nothing's changed. So <laughs> seems like you're 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 finding a way to stay busy at least. Yeah, I gotta find busy. Well, I'm sure that I'm, uh, you haven't Conroy tell stories. I, I, I'm shocked that that segment ended. How, it I mean, went, that, it that, went 40 minutes, so I mean, it, yeah, it, shock, it, it felt like it never ended. 
<laughs> You'd have some good ones. Yep. Well, no, there was some. Uh... Safe, Pat. Wash your hands there. Look after yourself. And we say the same thing to the listeners. We're thinking of everybody, and uh, and hopefully we'll be back sooner before before we know it. Thanks, Brad. Really appreciate the time this afternoon. Okay. Take care, Pat. That is Brad Tree Living, the general manager of the Calgary Flames. He joins us on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar Guest Hotline. Bar may be closed to patrons during these trying times, but they are open for business. Pick up or delivery available by calling 403-248-3344. That's 248-3344. The Flames have signed a pair of defensemen today, um, college free agents, one of them from the University of North Dakota is Colton Pullman. The other one from the University, uh, sorry, let's try that again, Minnesota State University, Mankato, and that is Connor Mackey, a guy that was at development camp in 2017. We'll hear from both of those gentlemen coming up after 3 o'clock. Connor's going to join us at 3, and Colton is going to join us at 3.30. We, uh, we make light of it. We, you know, we made, yeah, thanks. We got some hockey content, and, and Brad's words are 100% bang on that there are, far more important things going on in the world but i uh i do know from a personal standpoint and i would imagine echoed by you listening i can't speak for you 100 percent, but i'm just gonna venture a guess that a little real hockey content and a little real hockey talk uh nice distraction for what's going on as we continue to get used to this bizarre new normal it's pat steinberg along with you pinder and steinberg is underway we're having some technical issues with pinder which we are going to uh, attempt to work out during the break uh we're underway happy friday hopefully you're uh, staying stay staying safe and uh, making the best of this as much as you possibly can pinder and steinberg on sportsnet 960 the fan Welcome back to the show. See if we have uh, Ryan Pinder by some form of communication. Uh, I don't know if this is um, telegraph. I don't know if we are uh, getting him over the radio wire. I'm not. I'm not exactly sure the wireless. I, I don't know exactly how we're doing this. But Pinder, can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? That's been the issue. Can I can you hear, hear you. Yes, I can hear you. That's very good. It's good to hear. Uh, Peter Klein, can you hear both of us? Yes, I can hear both of you. Oh, that's uh, that's a success Boom. on a day like today. Uh, welcome back to the program. Pinder and Steinberg with you from three different locations. Um, as I uh, as I said, we opened the show and I was like, Pinder, we got real hockey news today. And then you were silent. You, uh, you were stunned into silence by how much hockey news there was uh, coming from the Calgary Flames. But uh, it is very cool to see that they have signed a pair of college free agent defensemen. And it sounds like a uh, college free agent forward is in the offing as well in the next day or two from the general manager who joined us in the last segment. But the Flames getting some uh, work done as much as they can get done in times like this, but uh, the Flames trying to get some work done today. Yeah, and it's significant in uh, in Mackey that this is a guy that topped all lists for college free agents, or, or topped many lists for college free agents that I've seen published. That's a significant get. A lot of teams were in on him. He's a guy not from not far from Chicago who I believe uh, was one of the teams in there late, or at least that was the thought from some scouts out there. Uh, that's a big get for the Flames to to get a highly touted def- defenseman that, by all accounts, a uh, pretty complete player that isn't that far away, closer than further away was how it was described when I asked a scout if you think he could step in and play next year. I said, well, it's not a guy that I would expect to need a lot of time. He might need some, but if I had to say he's, he's closer to being there than 
than needing a lot of time in the minors. So that's that's an exciting get. Both left shot defensemen. Uh, talked to a couple of people today, and um, Brad talked about it as well. The one thing you hear uh, when it comes to the other gentleman they signed in Colton Poolman, who is the younger brother of Winnipeg Jets prospect, or I guess Winnipeg Jets defenseman, um, Colton. Uh, Sorry, Tucker Poolman. Uh, Tucker was a fifth-round pick of the Jets going back to 2013, and Mackey, an unsigned college. Sorry, uh, Colton Poolman, an unsigned free agent. But uh, everything you hear about him, everything you hear about Colton Poolman is this guy is high character. He is a leader. He is a guy that uh, they w- will go down in University of North Dakota lore as one of their best character players. I've talked to a, four or five people today about him that uh, have got knowledge of of the player and, and of college hockey, and it's the same thing across the board that you hear from uh, from them about Colton Poolman. So you've got that with one defenseman, and you're right, a very highly touted pickup for Connor Mackey as, as he joins the as well so uh, a couple of interesting defensemen that i think that you know all things go according to plan from a hockey standpoint and you know being able to play but i think that you would expect to um, make a push in training camp and certainly be very solid ahl depth to begin next season i think that probably a pretty good day from a flame standpoint yeah, when you look at their system, I mean, they have not done much in the way of drafting defensemen for a long time here. Um, I, you could correct me, but I believe what was it, Valimaki was the last defenseman they selected, or it's been really lean since then. Uh, and, and there isn't really a defenseman in the American League knocking on the door saying, like, you got to find room for me coming. Uh, that's not the case. Now, you do have Valimaki that you're hoping will be healthy this year, but uh, this, this adds to the cupboards, to the stable of depth. Uh, and again, it's a club that's moved a lot of first, seconds, and thirds in the five years that Bradshaw Living's been here. So this is a way that you can backfill. If you're not getting a, seven selections a year in the entry draft, or you're not getting those ones in the top three rounds, you get 50 contracts. This is a really good use of uh, about two of those contracts, guys that can plug holes organizationally. And that sort of was looking like um, a, a weak spot was if you had to say there was a prospect defenseman in the minors that could come up and play in the league in a year or two, I don't know how you'd answer that. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's true because I mean, you're, you're talking about the players that aren't in the league right now. Um, yeah, Valimaki, but he's hurt, and we don't know what that situation's going to be like. Um, but, you know, you're talking about who? You're talking about Renat Valiev. You're talking about um, – you, you were talking about Brandon Davidson until he was uh, he was traded to the San Jose Sharks. Like There, there was not a whole lot there in terms of Yellison, beyond I mean, guys. Yeah, Yellison. Um, not a whole lot there in terms of guys are, that weren't already men, playing. Right? Like exactly. Now, in a lot of ways, in a lot of ways, so are these guys in that, you know, they're 23 and 24 years old. They're not necessarily young, but you're right. I think that they are far easier to call prospects than those other guys we just mentioned, just because of the fact they have yet to play pro hockey. They'll be making their pro hockey debuts this year. So I just, I, I find it interesting that they're both left shot guys because a lot of people have talked about the right side, and you take a look at the depth going forward, um, and, and you can see why the right side might be an area that they need to fill up down the road. But uh, they certainly have made their blue line a whole lot more deeper today, or a whole lot deeper today, if I'm going to use proper English. You no, know, there's no question. It's good, and, and I missed the, the part with Brad chatting about the forwards. We're trying to troubleshoot behind the scenes here, but 
you noted it sounds like they're in on a forward and that that could be firmed up uh, in the next two days or so that's that's interesting news as well um Mackie, highly touted guy like this was a number one target on a lot of lists for college free agents so uh they've got the top two d-men according to him that they wanted we'll see what uh what what they're eyeing in the forward ranks well and and much like much like the conversation when it comes to d now i do think that you know, you've got guys like Matthew Phillips who are who are promising, and they they do have some forwards in the organization that I think that they are interested in going forward. But it's it's not like they've got a a ton of highly touted prospects in that regard either. And and that is the product of having Sean Monahan and Johnny Gaudreau and Matthew Kachuk and uh, Sam Bennett and all their even talking about Dylan Dubé and Andrew Mangiapane, you're talking about guys that have been drafted recently who are all playing in the NHL. So this is just another way to add some more potential prospects, potential assets into the organization if they do end up getting the forward that Brad was talking about. So, yeah, I'm um, I'm interested to see who that player is. But I uh, it's, it's good to see the Flames getting involved in the college free agency game in, in a pretty big way today. Yeah, and while they aren't flush at forward, there's guys that I think can step up and play. Uh, like Glenn Godden's a guy that I would expect to see playing NHL hockey next year. Jacob Pelche's a high-end, high-skill guy that could arrive in a couple of years. You know, Matthew Phillips has put up really, really impressive numbers for his age at the American League. And you've got some other interesting projects like Rajitska, who's a guy that has size and the tools and skates well for a big man. Like, they've at least got lots of, you know, different types of parts at that level. But I just don't think you could ever count on, you know, uh, Renette Valley of, I believe, or, you know, Rob Hamilton or Alexander Yellison necessarily becoming uh, high-end guys. Some of them at, at their age probably are what they are, whereas what you usually find in the college free agent market is, okay, while these are older guys, they're often late bloomers, and they're guys that you've seen year-over-year yep. development and improvement. Uh, so, it made sense for them to address the blue line first, uh, or at least that that was the priority. If they if they're targeting three or four guys, they've got their top two D. It's it's uh, it's important work, and now we just wait to see if and when hockey returns. <laughs> yes, that is the uh, that is the next step in the continuous backdrop of all these conversations is if and when hockey does return and, and even Brad was very quick to point out that we all know there's um, more significant things going on and more important things going on right now but you have to you know whether you're a sports organization or whether you're a radio station or whatever the case may be you got to keep up some sense of normalcy and some sense of business as usual and that's what the flames did today by uh, making a couple of college free agent signings okay who we got coming up next mr pinder uh jared detroit the uh the kootenai boy that is called calgary home for a while you might recall he was a stroke off the lead through 54 holes at the rbc canadian open a few years back he was on pga tour latin america until that got shut down but uh Guy carted a 59 in Arizona yesterday and is driving back to Canada today. We've got to catch up and hear that story as he's playing one of the mini tours in the desert. 59 is, is a sacred number in, in golf, to be sure, Patty. No doubt about it. He's coming up next. We're going to hear from big-time Calgary Flames fan, Jared Detroit around the corner as we talk a little golf on Pinder and Steinberg. Sportsnet 960, the All right, 12 minutes until 3 o'clock. Pinder. Yes, and you sound good. Over there. Yeah, well, you know, it's all the voice training I've been doing. 
No, it's, uh, as we said earlier. Oh, we jinxed it. Yep. We jinxed it. It was doing so well. We had a solid connection for so long. Oh, yeah, that, that minute <laughs> was great. Let me say a couple of things. <laughs> Let me say a couple of things. First of all, thank you. And I, I don't say this. We, we like to poke fun at Jeff. We like to, you know, have some fun at his expense on this station. Uh, but first of all, I say this with 100% sincerity. Um, thank you to our four unbelievable engineers. Uh, that'd be Jerry Pendry, the man in charge, Jeff Mason, Evan Cody, and Tyler Holdner. All, all four of them have been in the station, have been, you know, we're all supposed to stay at home. There's risk to everybody uh, and risk to them for coming in. They don't, you know, we all want to be at home if we can be, but they're coming in. Uh, and these guys are working 12 and 13 and 16 and 18 hour days to try and keep not this radio station, but uh, all five of the radio stations that they've and got. And we have Finderback on the air uh so i just wanted to say as as frustrating as the technology can be sometimes uh they are doing everything in their power to make it work so just wanted to give a tip of the hat to uh jerry and jeff and evan and tyler for making sure that we can continue to do shows uh and uh, we continue to troubleshoot pinder who is back with us now hi rye yeah for the time being well we'll see how this lasts how long this one goes <laughs> It's been a little disheartening, and yeah, this is the reason that we have studios, because that's the best way for radio to work, not with apps on phones, and we're, we're doing our best in these... Uh, un <sighs> Just something up with Pinder's Wi-Fi. It, um, it has been that type of day. Hey, you know what? We get Pinder for uh, a couple of minutes, uh, a couple of seconds, and then he drops out. Um, and then he comes back with us, and then he drops out. Uh, I think the phone, Klein, might be the best way to go about it for the time being yeah, until, uh, until we can work things out. So why don't you get Pinder on the phone? Okay. Um, we've got Jared Detois, who is going to join us in just a second. Um, so why don't we bring Jared on and say hello to Jared. Uh, Jared, it's uh, Pat Steinberg. You're on with Pat and soon to be Pinder on Pinder and Steinberg. Uh, thank you for joining us, my friend. How are, uh, how are you? doing tell us uh tell us where you are right now pat good to be on uh i am in arizona right now um you know they had a little golf tournament yesterday um i don't really know my course of action i might go home i uh yeah i gotta figure that one out still it's it's kind of getting a little you know a little spooky down here too now so um you know i gotta figure that one out Tell us about, I, I know you just shot a 59, and we're going to talk about that because that's the good part of it. But just tell us about playing in a tournament and, and playing golf in, in Arizona right now and, and what that's like and how strange it is, how different it is right now. Yeah, it was uh, it was very strange. It's a good word for it. I mean, we were, we were out there, and, um, you know, I've told the story before, but... Uh, you know, day one, there was like a threesome in front of us. And, um, and day two, you know, there was only two of them. And I, I asked one of the guys, I was like, Hey, you know, where'd the kid go? And, um, I guess the kid's mom got coronavirus. So like the kid was freaked out WD from the tournament. And, um, yeah, I just, I mean, really kind of put things in perspective because, um, you know, he was, he was, I was watching him like, you know, when he pulled the pin, like, you know, to putt, he would grab the pin like super low where, where nobody's hands were. And, uh, you know, so he was, he was already kind of freaked out about it. And then sure enough, his mom gets it. So yeah, no, it's, it's definitely freaky. And, um, you know, with everything kind of going on outside, it was, uh, 
I don't know. It was, it was kind of uh, peaceful, I guess, out there playing, but it was just a super eerie kind of weird vibe out there, out there playing, you know, knowing that it's chaos outside. Uh, we've got Calgary golfer Jared Detois with us. Pinder is back with us as well. Pinder, say hello to Jared. What's up, Jared? 59. That's filthy, dude. How are you? <laughs> I'm good, Pinder. Good to hear from you. Yeah, no, things are, uh, things are good. Things could be worse, I guess. So I missed uh, the first half of, uh, of your first answer from Pat, but uh, are, are you you're venturing north to home to the Great White North right now, racing against uh, the clock? Is that what's going on? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I got delayed a little bit just because um, I haven't packed or anything yet, so I got to, you know, basically pack up my life and stuff it into my car. But, uh, yeah, likely going to hit the road tomorrow, make my way up, just, just in case, I guess, things get any worse down here. Um, you know, there's still stuff to do down here right now, but I just I have no idea how much longer that's going to last. And I don't really want to be stuck down here when uh, when things kind of hit the fan. So, um, yeah, uh, game time decision, but but very likely to go home tomorrow. Yeah, well, and that's uh, I'm certainly on side with that. We, this is uncharted territory. We don't know what's down the pike, but um, this has been a weird year for you. You qualified for PGA Tour Latino America. Where were you when things went sideways and golf started disappearing uh, in terms of the tour is saying we're shutting down? Well, so so first week was Mazelon. It was, uh, I want to say it was the first week of March. And, um, yeah, I mean, things were relatively normal. I mean, you know, there was kind of, you know, talk and, and whatnot of things kind of shutting down. I mean, Mazelon's like a, you know, it's a tourist spot and there was cruise ships. And, you know, like when we were there, they were turning cruise ships around. So we're like, okay, you know, this is, um, this is getting pretty legit. And I mean, just, just Latin America in general. I mean, if, if somewhere, if, if something like this were to kind of, you know, spread down there, it would just be, I mean, it'd be mayhem just cause, um, you know, they don't really have the infrastructure and the, you know, the medical system to kind of handle, um, you know, handle a lot of it. I mean, we don't really either, but you know, it, it'd be worse down there. So, um, you know, so that was, that was week one. And, you know, basically as soon as we got home, they said, Hey, you know, don't book flights for anything else. Conveniently a couple of days after I booked all mine, but, uh, yeah, so, um, it, everything, everything kind of got shut down right away. And, um, you know, I mean, you guys saw it in, in all sports, right? Like, I mean, everything just kind of shut down as soon as, as soon as one sport kind of fell, they all did. So, um, you know, and, and rightfully so. Yeah, it was uh, a Wednesday. I was covering Blue Jays for training in Dunedin, and we heard about potential NBA games with no fans, and then boom, the Jazz game gets canceled. Next thing you know, the NBA shutting down, and it was only a matter of time. It felt like before it was the NHL, and the dominoes were falling. MLS, I mean, pretty much every sport on earth uh, shut down almost right away and, and you were slated to what head down to Argentina this week that wouldn't have been too bad uh, a couple tournaments in a row uh three in a row it looks like in Argentina were you gonna play all three of those yeah I mean there was there was basically four in in a five-week stretch you know basically kind of the bulk of our season I mean I think we're we're a 13-14 week season so you know four events is yeah it's a major part of that so um you know this was this was uh was kind of our you know, our month, I, you know, I guess April was kind of a big month. So yeah, when they, you know, when they, they canceled that or postponed that, I mean, I, I don't think they're officially canceled yet, but um, you know, it, it uh, plans changed, um, you know, right away. And like I said, I mean, obviously rightfully so, because they got to be, they got to be pretty cautious for that stuff, especially down there. 
Yeah, so I'm seeing like five events postponed, not technically canceled, but yeah, it's a similar spot to a lot of other sports. We wouldn't expect the, the near-term stuff to be back up and running anytime soon. So, okay, yeah, you're supposed to be in South America. That gets gassed. You're you're hanging out, what, around Arizona, and now you're, you're starting to play some mini-tour events. The Outlaw Tour, uh, one that you played on just yesterday, uh, carding a 59. How filthy is that? So tell us about what these mini-tours are about and how that sort of helps you keep your craft sharp. Yeah, so, I mean, it was it was weird, right? Because you know all the all the kind of traveling sports and all the tours kind of canceled down. And I mean, this this mini tour, it's it's very much just kind of central to to Phoenix. So um, you know, basically the the event organizers were like, hey, I mean, there's a lot of pro golfers that live in Phoenix, and um, you know, a lot of them got nothing to do, and you know, a lot of a lot of golf courses are wide open. So they actually added some events, you know, thinking that. Um, you know, that, that I guess, I guess they kind of saw it as an opportunity, which kind of was. And I mean, golf in general is like, you know, it's, it's, you know, not a lot of people spread out on a lot of land. So if you do kind of take the right precautions, like, you know, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe you can do it. So I I think that's, that was their rationale adding events. Um, and, you know, like, like I said, they did kind of take all these precautions, you know, like no handshakes, no, no common areas or anything. It was just kind of like show up to the first tee. Don't, don't really touch anything, stay far away and, and go play golf. So, um, you know, I have no idea if these next events are going to get canceled. It sounds like they might be, cause I think Arizona is, um, you know, kind of tightening up everything with, uh, you know, public land and, um, and social areas. So, uh, nobody really knows. So tell us about 59. I, I recall you at, uh, in Kelowna, uh, I think it was a Kelowna stop where you went out early one morning and I think you fired a 60 or a 61, but th- this is unbelievable. A 59, that's a sacred number in this sport. Yeah, no, it was pretty cool. And, uh, you know, I'd be lying to, I'd be lying if I said I, I kind of had my eyes on it. Honestly, um, you know, I was, I was playing with this guy. His name is Brandon Harkins, and he's, uh, he's currently a Corn Ferry member, but he's, you know, he's been up and down on the PGA Tour a bunch, and he's one of the – you know, one of the many guys down here, Euro PGA corn Ferry tour that are just kind of stuck in Arizona with nothing to do. So, I mean, he signed up and played and uh, him and I were playing together and, you know, we were having, uh, I mean, he was, he was really playing well. I think he was like eight under through 12 and I was like six, just getting lapped by him. And, uh, and yeah, so, I mean, my, my whole focus was kind of catch him. And, um, you know, I think we were both 10 under or something like that, standing on 17 uh, and 18, which are, you know, pretty birdie bull holes. We didn't get 17 and, um, you know, I was uh, fortunate enough to get 18 and, and, uh, yeah, and, sh- and shoot the number. It was, uh, it was pretty cool. Um, and that's too bad. Cause that's usually like, you do something like that. You want to, you want to celebrate and get together and high five. And here you are socially distancing after what could be the round of your life. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it was, uh, it was, like I said, super weird vibe and, um, yeah, but uh, no, definitely. I don't know. I guess definitely happy I shot it. But you know, at at the time, I wasn't even really you know thinking about thinking about it. You know, I mean, there's so much so much other stuff going on that uh, you know signing a signing a scorecard wasn't you know wasn't really top of my uh, top of my list. But yeah, no, definitely very happy to do it. And um, yeah, I'm sure you know I'll look back in a couple of weeks or months or whatever when everything settles down, be like, yeah, that was actually pretty cool that that happened. So um, yeah, yeah, totally cool. Awesome. 
Tell me your thoughts on uh, the Flames. I know you're a big uh, Flames guy. It felt like uh, this group was starting to play some of their most consistent hockey of the season, and then poof, the season's gone. How much attention have you been paying to the, the home side here? You know, I, I watch a lot of games. Um, I guess there's two ways of looking at it. I mean, I, you know, like you said, they're they're definitely starting to get a little more consistent, and, um, you know, guys are getting healthy again, which is good. But, I mean, the way I look at it, it's just uh, – it's an opportunity for them to not rip my heart out, you know? So, um, <laughs> you know, I guess, I guess the way the season ended, it's kind of like, ah, you know what, you know, I'm not going to be crushed in end of May or June or whenever, you know, they would have got beat out or if they even would have made it in. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's uh it was a frustrating year as a fan. Cause you know, like you said, I mean, there was just so much going on, a lot of inconsistency and, um, you know, the top guys didn't really have a top guy year, so um, you know, tough tough to uh tough to win games when that's going on. Yeah, and we'll see if they resume or not. Uh Jared, congrats on the fifty nine and uh and the the check that you earned. Safe travel home and uh, get back here sooner than later. Thanks for the time. Love it. Thanks, Pender. Yeah, thanks, Pat. We'll uh we'll see you guys another time. See you, Jared. All right, there's Jared Twelve. Okay, Pat, time for a break. We'll uh, come back with uh, one of the newest signings of the Calgary Flames on the other side. Sportsnet 960, yeah. The Fan. Pinder and Steinberg in the afternoon. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Welcome back to the program. We have already heard from General Manager Brad True Living. That's up on sportsnet.ca slash 960 right now. The GM giving us the latest on a pair of college free agent signings today. They signed from the University of North Dakota. Colton Poolman and from the Minnesota State University Mankato program they signed Connor Mackey today to a contract as well and Connor joins us on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline this afternoon Connor thanks for doing this how are you feeling on this Friday afternoon uh, thanks for having me guys uh, feeling really good uh, super excited uh, to be a flame well, tell us about the uh, tell us about the process. Tell us about deciding on joining the Flames and making this decision today. Yeah, it was uh, it was a hard decision to make. Um, it was a long process. Um, so it kind of started uh, throughout the last uh, three years, I'd say. Um, just starting to get recruited and um, uh, being a free agent in college. In college, and um, you know, building. I started building the relationship with the Flames a few years back. So. Um, yeah, ultimately the decision to, to come to sign with the Flames, uh, had a lot to do with the opportunity. And honestly, I just felt, uh, felt comfortable with, uh, with the conversations I had with them and, and the relationships I've built with, uh, the, with their staff there over the past couple of years, they've been, they've been amazing. So like I said, just really happy. Uh, it's an exciting day for me. You mentioned you already had a prior relationship with the team. You came to development camp in 2017. How how much did that familiarity and having that experience with the Flames play into your decision to ultimately sign with them? Yeah, it uh, it definitely helped a lot. You know, going there and seeing the city, uh, just kind of meet, meeting everybody at camp there. Um, uh, in person, it, it was big. You know, you start building that relationship early. Uh, definitely helps a lot. So, yeah, that definitely played into the. Uh, that was a factor in the decision. You know, and their interest uh, just never never wavered. You know, even back then, up up until uh, yesterday. You know, they've always been high on me. So, yeah, that is definitely a piece that helped me make this make this decision. 
So do you uh, t- take us back to that development camp? Like you stayed in contact with the organization, I would imagine. Did you stay in contact with any of the guys who were at that camp? Just to, I guess, tell us about from from then to now, how many people you've been able to stay in contact with? Yeah, you know, I haven't stayed in contact with too many of the guys. Um, maybe the few, a few college guys that were there. Um, you know, you're close to those guys. You're just playing in the same in the league or the same conference or something like that. But uh, for the most part, um, you know, the the GMs, the assistant GMs, you know, they were all the same. So so their staff and the scouts there, uh, development guys. Um, yeah, I built a relationship with all of them, and and over the years, I've just kept in. Uh, Contact with Brad and, and Craig Conray, Billy Powers, those guys um, have been great in handling me and, and through this whole process. You talked about the opportunity. What about the opportunity with the Flames was so exciting and so, uh, I, I guess, tempting for you to make this decision today? Yeah, I just I think this the direction they're going. Uh, you know, you look at their team. They got they got a they got they got some veterans. They got some. Some uh, guys have been in the league, and they have a lot of young guys too. So um, it's just a team that uh, I thought really excited. It was really exciting to me, and and um, you know, you look at their blue line. There's a lot of a lot of guys. Uh, you know, you can really learn from, like Mark Giordano, North Trophy winner. You know, that that was something that um, was exciting to me. You know, maybe going into camp and, and taking a few things, playing behind him, learning from a guy like that. Uh, just seeing his, his pro habits and everything. Um, and yeah, just where they're at right now, I thought uh, you know that it'd be the best place for me to to grow my game and try to be an NHL player, an everyday NHL player. You mentioned Mark Giordano. There's a guy that uh, not drafted and kind of a late bloomer, and all of a sudden wins a Norris Trophy last season. You uh, you, you kind of identify with a story like that in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I uh, I am definitely a late bloomer too, and. Um, it's cool to see all his, his success, and yeah, this is something a guy like I could look look up to, um, and yeah, it's a pretty cool story for him. And yeah, I'm just trying to write my own path here, but um, definitely stuff that I would love to learn from him one day. In conversation with one of the newest members of the Calgary Flames, Connor Mackey joins us after signing a free agent contract with the Flames today. Joining us here on Pinder and Steinberg. Connor, you, you grew up in a hockey family. Your dad uh, played. Do you have any memories as a youngster of him playing? I, I'm looking it up. You would have been three or four in his last pro season. Yeah, uh, I do have a few memories. I know my dad uh, played his last year for the Chicago Wolves here, so that's where I'm home right now. Um, grew up, grew up here, so I do have a few memories. My brother and I going out on the ice after practice, uh, skating around there. Uh, going in the locker room, following him around the locker room, seeing the guys, and then going a few games. So uh, it was a while ago, but I'd say those are uh, memories that stick out to me. Yeah, and you know what? You wonder, knowing that you grew up in the Chicago area, how intent were the Blackhawks are getting you? Were, were they one of the teams that you had on a shorter list near the end? They were a team definitely interested, uh, um, but you know what? Not They weren't on the shorter list, uh, and we whittled it down the last week or so, but um, yeah, I mean, obviously, growing up in Chicago here and the success they had, it was uh, it was awesome to see. Um, Watch them play, but um, they were they were one of the teams. But you know, I uh, kind of ruled them out shortly after uh, things started getting serious. 
what is that like? I mean, you, you spend all this time collegiately and going to development camps, and all of a sudden your season ends, and I'm sure everyone wants to talk to you. Every GM is after you. You're a pretty highly touted guy this spring. Was it overwhelming, or is that where you sit back and let your representative uh, earn their, their piece, I suppose? Yeah, it, uh, it could be a lot of times, but honestly, I think, um, you know, between my dad and myself and my agent, we, we've we uh, handled it pretty well. It, it hasn't really got uh, overboard in, in any way throughout the whole time in college. It, it never was super stressful. Um, you know, he handled, he handled most of it, talking to the teams. You know, it wasn't like I was talking to teams all the time. Um, you know, I shut it down after Christmas. Uh, just wanted to focus on school and hockey. Um, or is that at the time, but, um, yeah, the last, I mean, within the last couple of days, obviously, obviously things ramped up and we started talking more, but, uh, it's never, never been too stressful at the time. Um, for me, you know, we, we have a, we have a good handle on it and, uh, it was great going through it with them. You've been uh, dubbed a late bloomer, which uh, would, would make sense at your age to be signing your first NHL contract, but take us through that progression. You were the defenseman of the year in the USHL in the 16-17 season before heading to Mankato. Uh, walk us through your development and maybe where you feel like you've really, I guess, picked up steam or, or, or become something close to an elite player. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that, that My last year junior there was, was a big year for me, breakout year. But um, I think it was just scratching the surface even at that point. Uh, I, I logged a lot of minutes that year and, and maybe got the accolades, but I still had, I thought, still had holes, holes in my game and, you know, you come to the college game, um, even being a little bit of 20, 21 at the time, and even b- being a bit older of a guy, you know, you still, I still had a lot to learn. And, you know, your college is a bit older. You're playing with men, you know, 23, 24-year-olds. Um, so I, I thought I really took a step, um, you know, just in my three years in college, you know, coming to Mankato and uh, playing under that, that uh, coaching staff. I learned a lot of stuff, just the little details of the game and how to really play the right way in, in all three zones. Um, so I, th- I really thought my game grew, especially within the last few years, uh, just being in college and, and, and playing under that, uh, that staff and that organization in Mankato. Tell us about that program. What about the Mavericks and, and that group? We're not terribly familiar with the college game up here. We'll, we'll catch the odd bean pot game or the frozen four game, but uh, what can you tell us, uh, get us behind the curtain a bit for, for these uh, us Northern Canadians that don't get to go down and watch any NCAA hockey? Yeah, yeah. You know what? It's a bit of a hidden gem school, uh, Minnesota State University. Um, you know, they don't, they might not get the accolades like some of the other Big Ten schools or North Dakota or St. Cloud or, you know, some of those schools. But, um, you know, with the staff there, they built an unbelievable program. Uh, just the recruiting uh, they go through, you know, with, with the players and, and the people they bring in. Um, not just great hockey players, but really good people and I think that's why they built uh they've been so good the last few years um really turning that program around but uh yeah it's about a medium-sized school about 15,000 people go there so it was uh it was awesome we had a great year this this year too and uh, obviously unfortunately it came to an abrupt end like everyone's season but um yeah great great memories back in college and uh just a great school overall really uh really great spot to play and I'm thankful I could, uh, you know, spend time there. Connor Mackey joining us, uh, one of the newest Calgary Flames, one of two college free agent signings by the Flames today, joining us on Pinder and Steinberg on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.
Well, expand on that a little bit, Connor. Like, tell us about playing at a small school, but being a student athlete and being part of the hockey program in a Minnesota university. So, tell us about Mankato as being a uh, a college athlete. What's campus life like? Yeah, camp, you know what, campus life is uh, it's fun. Um, being a bit of a smaller school, you know, we're the only uh, we're the only Division One uh, program at that school. Uh, within all the other sports, so um, you know, we definitely got the recognition there, which was nice. But uh, it was it was a big enough school where you know people know who you are. But at the same time, you can you know you're not walking, you know you know you're running into the same people every time. So on campus, but um, yeah, it was uh, it was great there. I mean, we packed the house every Friday and Saturday uh, in our home rink, and uh, our fans were un- unreal. So. Um. Yeah, it was it was a great time. I enjoyed I enjoyed it there. I I um and I, I follow your agent on Twitter and so tell us about tell us about the academic side of things. You decided to go back for your junior year uh, at Man, uh, at Mankato and you earned your degree, right? Like you are you're finished. You got your degree and uh, you're ready to make the jump from school into pro hockey in every sense of the word. Hey. Yeah, that's correct. You know, I I don't have my degree yet. Uh, I'm finishing up here with uh, things the way they are right now. Uh, I'm just finishing up online, so I'll be scheduled to graduate uh, middle of May. Okay. So that's uh, that's the plan. So yeah, pretty much. I'm almost there. I'm at the home stretch of my degree, but uh, right after that, yeah, fully fledged in the pro hockey life. So was that was that a difficult decision to go back for a third year? Uh, yeah, it was it was a super hard decision. Um, you know, after my second year, I thought uh, I could be ready. You know, I, I think I, I thought I was ready at the time, but um, ultimately, I thought you know one more year is gonna it's kind of the whole package. I'm gonna develop even more. Uh, I get a chance to win championships with this team. We're, we were, we had a great team last year. You know, everyone was coming back just the, the way every, all the classes worked out and. Uh, um, yeah, I'm going to finish with my degree in three years. That was the plan. I was kind of on a bit of a fast track program. Once I got in, I knew that I wanted to get, get my right. degree. So, uh, I did a lot of summer school and got a lot of help, help there just through my coaches and, and teachers, you know, get make, making sure I was in the right classes. Um, so yeah, that was all part of the plan and, and, uh, I'm excited to, to wrap it up in May here. So what's the degree? What are you, uh, what are you getting your, uh, your bachelor's in? business management very nice very nice so that that'll that'll serve you well whenever the hockey uh hockey re- career comes to an end that's very cool well a final thought for you and and you know you talked about how you felt ready even a year ago but decided to go back for that third year in college just uh, give us a thought on how ready you feel to not just make the jump to play in pro hockey connor but to make the jump in and play in the national hockey league yeah you know um, I was talking to someone earlier about this, but you know, I, I obviously never played a game of pro hockey. I've, I've watched a ton of hockey, so I can't give you a complete comparison. But I, I feel, I feel ready. I feel uh, physically, I'm there. Mentally, I'm there. You know, after signing that, signing that deal this morning, you know, no more college for me. So I'm, I'm fully invested now, and you know, um, I'm just super excited to get going. Uh, I really am. I'm proud to be a flame now, and I can't wait to. Uh, to get to Calgary and just get started when this, whenever that, that may be. 
Congratulations, Connor. Thanks for doing this today, and uh, we look forward to uh, seeing you out here whenever that may be, but appreciate the time this afternoon. All right, guys. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Connor Mackey, the uh, one of the newest members of the Calgary Flames. We'll hear from Colton Pullman, who is the other free agent defenseman signing by the Flames coming up at the bottom of the hour. But, uh, Pinder, we talked about it uh, going into having this chat with him. There's a guy that was very highly touted, and, and he had guys knocking on his door, guys being scouts. He had scouts and teams knocking on his door after his sophomore year at Minnesota State, and now here he is uh, in his junior year getting the opportunity to sign with an NHL team. So it's uh, it's a cool story. And he gets his degree and decides to go back for that third year in college. And, and I would imagine, in terms of interest, the season that he had there at Mankato probably just upped the interest that much more for him and, and gave him even more opportunity to sign somewhere and pick his spot uh, going into this offseason. Yeah, and, and talking to scouts out there, the, the first thing they all mention, character, good kid. And, and you can you can hear that in the chat that you know this is if you're going to get university done three years while you're being a uh, you know an NCAA athlete that that's incredibly impressive with uh, you know the amount of travel and weekends I mean that's that's a that's a marvelous achievement um, sounds like a guy that's got a pretty high ceiling given that he's going to turn 24 in uh, the fall so that that's an exciting ad for the Calgary Flames and, and one of two that they made today and. It's a guy from hockey lineage that seems to get it, and that's uh, that's an exciting day, I'm sure, for Flames management, who've been, as they told us, uh, for three years now nurturing this relationship. Uh, they uh, they have been following him going back to his USHL days. In fact, they invited him to development camp summer 2017 after his second year with Green Bay in the USHL when he was named the USHL Defenseman of the Year. Uh, he was an NCAA All-Rookie as a junior. Um, he was a third-team All-Star as – sorry, as a uh, – freshman he was a third team all-star as a sophomore and a first team all-star this past year as a junior in college as yet to like we we haven't seen him at world juniors or anything like that because he was a late bloomer so he's a little less of a household name but a lot of people were after the services of Connor Mackey who is the newest member of the Calgary Flames Colton Pullman coming up in a little less than 10 minutes but so what 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 is going on Pinder what what is happening we had technology all figured out yesterday and mm-hmm. now not as good today. What What is going on? Well, it's a new day, Pat. So uh, the internets are not as nice today as they were yesterday. Uh, I have bounced between two different apps that we have that allow me to connect to the station and sound better than a phone line. Both are not holding me in the sense that quality drops or it just cuts off. And I've reset a phone. I've switched back and forth between the apps. I've gone from Wi-Fi to cell service. Nothing really has uh, solved the problem this afternoon that didn't exist yesterday afternoon. So here we are troubleshooting in the pandemic. Yep, and we have done we've done plenty of troubleshooting uh, during this show today. Uh, do we want to try troubleshooting again during the break, or or is this going to be our normal for the rest of the day? Do you think we can try it in the break? But um, yeah, I, I I don't really hold high hopes unless something has changed, which. Um, I don't know what else we could try, but we'll we'll keep we'll keep trying that. This is come on, uh, internet. Like, is your is your yeah. wife streaming things on television? Is it like She's a, out of the house? Or... The kids aren't watching TV. They're at the park. I, I have uh, both my computers, one from work, one my own. That there's nothing that should be draining 
any sort of uh, bandwidth here. So, and again, I, I went off Wi-Fi and onto the cell with service, which you know that didn't work either. So I don't think the Wi-Fi is the issue, although it might be a contributing factor. I have no idea. Yeah, this is my wheelhouse. This is. Heck do I know? This is yeah, I know. Te- technical stuff, troubleshooting, technical stuff is definitely your wheelhouse. You and Labardius are outstanding at that type of stuff. So I, I can um, troubleshoot. I just don't know how these things work. <laughs> yeah, as opposed to Lou, who just throws his phone and says, "I I don't really feel like doing this right now." Read um, it. Which. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Kleiner is back at our Basement Systems downtown studio. Pinder is at Shea Pinder. I'm here at Shea Steinberg. Hopefully your Friday is going along nicely. More from the Calgary Flames around the corner as we will check in with another one of the newest members of the team. Colton Poolman will join us coming up next. So one player signed out of a Minnesota University, Minnesota State, Mankato, uh, Mankato rather, and the other coming from the University of North Dakota. That is Colton Poolman. He'll join us coming up next on Pinder and Steinberg Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Last segment, we chatted with Connor Mackey, who is one of the two newest members of the Calgary Flames, and now an opportunity to chat with the other newest member of the Calgary Flames. College free agent defenseman Colton Poolman joins us on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline this afternoon. Colton, thanks for doing this. How are you today? I'm good, doing well. How are you? Doing very well. What uh, what's this day been like for you, knowing that you've signed your first NHL contract? Yeah, it's been uh, it's been exciting. Uh, obviously, extremely uh, extremely happy to to sign the contract with uh, the Calgary organization, and you know, obviously, just a bit of good news there. But keeping it in, in perspective with uh, with everything that's uh, going on in the world too. It's got to be kind of weird for you your season doesn't get to go the full way necessarily and um you don't get to go through the the normal things that you're used to at this time of year what is this uh what has this last few weeks been like for you and and in in kind of your life yeah certainly it was it's been tough the last week or so since you know we were just getting off practice uh last thursday or something and then we find out that you know, seasons kind of kind of canceled and everything. So, I mean, that was definitely a tough couple of days, kind of coming to terms with that. But then, end of the day, it was, it was definitely for the best. You know, just got to make sure everyone's staying safe around here. Um, but now, yeah, it's been a little bit more exciting day today. Obviously, signing signing the deal. So, I'm uh, you know excited. Well, take us through the process and and how you came to your decision to sign with the Calgary Flames. Yeah, I mean, Calgary had been um, talking to me for for a long time, I'd say. I think they they were talking to me my junior year, and then obviously things started heating up here. So they were definitely one of the teams from the beginning, and I I really liked that, that they had, you know, watched me for a long time and and had liked my game for that long. So that was was definitely a big factor going into it. And, you know, meeting some of their their staff, like uh, Craig Conroy and and Brad Pascal, they were, you know, just really – good personable guys easy guys to talk to and you know i just i just thought it was a it was a really good fit and you know just just excited to be able to have the opportunity how like was this uh was this a a, kind of one of those things where you had a number of teams to choose from and and a lot of things that you needed to sift through a lot of information that you needed to consider um i don't think it wasn't too much i mean there, there were some other teams uh for sure but i think it was 
you know, after speaking with, with Calgary and some of the other teams, I just, I just thought it was, you know, it was the best fit for me. I, I just, I liked uh, the staff, you know, a lot and, you know, the, um, you know, the, the city obviously, and like just the organization as a whole, I thought that they just did a great job. And, you know, I thought I felt most comfortable with them and it was kind of just my gut feeling. What about the opportunity? You, you, you like the hockey opportunity and the, the chance to jump right in and potentially play a big role in the American League? Yeah, I mean, just just that opportunity to get to, to sign a deal and just try to come in and work hard every day and, and compete and battle for, for a spot anywhere. That's that's all. Uh, that's all I'm, I can. Uh, I can do. That's all uh, in my control, anyway. So, you know, just uh, just that chance is all is all I I wanted, and you know, I was grateful for them to to sign me, and hopefully, like I said, just just try to bring it every day and let the chips fall where they may. New Calgary Flames defenseman Colton Pullman is with us here on Pinder and Steinberg. Colton, you, you've spent a season in Canada, but for a guy from North Dakota that went to North Dakota and played in the USHL, uh, what was your one hockey season in Canada like? That was awesome. Um, you know, it, it was just a little different than than uh, hockey in the States. Like, you know, everyone was just so educated on the game and, and in Penticton, you know, it was, a, it was a culture of winning. So I was just, it was so much fun to, to be on a really good team there and to, to play hockey in Canada was something special so i'm hopefully um just really looking forward to maybe having that opportunity again yeah and dante fabro tyson jose two guys that are in the league from that squad that that seems like a pretty stacked junior team yeah yeah no we uh we definitely uh we had a good regular season it, it, that one came short too we we got uh we got upset in the playoffs so that, was, that was kind of a bummer but um that whole year was was really great for me just seeing seeing hockey in a different country and you know just all the passion and you know just how much they really love the game here and it just revolves around it it was it was pretty cool as as a hockey player going up there we know about you, your brother obviously and, and his career but uh, your dad's been involved with the game for a long time tell us about his role at north dakota yeah he's been the hockey strength and conditioning coach as well as like the athletic trainer for as probably since the year I was born, honestly, he's been there as long as I can remember. Um, and he's, he's been just great having around the last four years. Like, you know, in, in my twenties, you're, you're not used to seeing your dad every day and getting to ask him questions like face to face. And lucky enough, I kind of had that opportunity to, to see him every day and just, you know, it was, it was just great seeing him around the building and getting, Getting the ability to share memories with him in college is, I know, is something um, I'll never take for granted, and it was it was pretty special to have him there. Colton Pullman joining us on Pinder and Steinberg, one of the newest signings of the Calgary Flames at the University of North Dakota. Colton, will tell us about uh, having a brother already with NHL experience under his belt. Of course, if you're if you're not aware, Tucker Pullman is the older brother, 2013 fifth round pick of the Winnipeg Jets. What, what's it like having an older brother already kind of going through this, and how that might help you? Yeah, he's been such a great resource. Like you said, like going through it, maybe a couple years before me. He's, I mean, just provides a lot of little insight that, you know, I might, might not have thought of, or like, you know, if I have any sort of questions about anything, you know, hockey related or, or otherwise, he's just, you know, a great person to, to bounce things off of. And 
obviously it's pretty cool to have a brother in the NHL, but, um, you know, it's just, just been, you know, pretty, pretty unreal experience for him right now. And, you know, hopefully I can keep learning and keep uh, picking up tips and stuff from him. So what's the, like, what, what's the deal? The, the Pullman's just the big character defenseman. Like, is that, is that part of your DNA? <laughs> I have, I have no clue about that, but hope, I mean, we'll see. <laughs> I hope so. I think, uh, I try to try to model my game after him. I mean, he's he's a little bit bigger body than I am, a little a little more gangly and reachy on him. But uh, you know, just hopefully I can just try and bring the competitive edge every game, and you know, compete and work hard. Well, the reason I ask that is because uh, I've talked to a few people in the organization, the Flames organization today, and a couple people outside, and everybody says the same thing about you, like highly competitive and high character. People uh, with the University of North Dakota say the same things. Uh, just talk about that side of your game, kind of the intangible side of your game. Yeah, I guess that's kind of what I've you know tried to tried to bring all along, I guess, growing up and you know, watching my older brother play, just seeing how, how hard he would work just to get opportunities to play. And, you know, I thought, it, you know, try to incorporate that because that's, you know, things you can control is just how hard you work and how hard you compete, you know. So hopefully uh, just got to keep doing that every day and, you know, just trying to, you know, bring my game and bring a good attitude every day. And that's kind of what I got to be about, so... So Colton Pullman's with us, one of the newest members of the Calgary Flames, as he signs as a college free agent defenseman today. What What's it like having the, the Pullman name now for people in Grand Forks be kind of synonymous with that program at North Dakota? Because your brother played there for three, you played there for four. It has to be pretty cool to cement the Pullman legacy in one of the best college programs in the entire country. Yeah, I mean, growing up, it was that was, that was kind of the the pinnacle of hockey for me. Growing up, I, I went to countless games with with my dad being at the program. I, I got to meet different players going through that program, big names like Jonathan Taze, DJ Oshie, and just you know that that was always the dream was that program. And you know to be able to to go through those doors like like some of those players did before me, and you know add to Add to the tradition, as we say down here a little bit. Um, this last season is obviously something special, and w- and with uh, you know my brother winning the national championship in 2016, he he obviously did that too. So it's um it was definitely a dream come true to to play for that program that we you know loved and cherished growing up so much. So just to clarify, you you grew up on the Minnesota side of Grand Forks, right? Yeah, yeah. They're just the uh, the Red River separates uh, North Dakota from from Minnesota up up north there and it's east grand forks on the minnesota side and then grand forks which is where uh the university is obviously university of north dakota but um yeah just uh just across the river there what's it like i don't know if people in this country have a a a real firm grasp of how big that program is and how important the hockey program specifically is in grand forks north dakota so tell us about it tell us about playing for the organization what it means to the community and how big a deal it is in grand forks it's i mean hockey's king around here for sure and especially when that new rink was built in in 2001 the ralph engelstad arena it just it opened up so many other doors for players that wanted to come and play college hockey there like it's definitely the biggest talking point in town is always friday saturday what 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 is, what happened with the team how they do you know who are they playing and you know growing up and 
watching all of that stuff and, you know, hoping one day that you get there. It's, it's just a privilege and it's been a, been an honor and a very humbling experience to, to go through that program and actually live it every day and, and see what it is to, to be a part of it because it's, it's one of the, the blue bloods of college hockey and it's, you know, it's, it really doesn't compare when it to, to most programs. It, I'm biased, obviously, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's something special to, uh, to go to a game down there for sure. Four years uh, with the University of North Dakota. Tell us how you grew as a player from your freshman year to your senior year. Yeah, I think my freshman year, um, you know, I had, had my brother on the team too. He was, he was a junior coming back, so I kind of just wanted to, to separate a little bit from him and, you know, kind of prove it for myself that, you know, I, I belonged on the team. And, you know, I, I just wanted to, you know, play every game and, you know, just just be a good, solid, steady defenseman. And then, you know, next next couple of years, things kind of started happening and contribute to the offense a little bit more and got more comfortable with my role. And then, you know, obviously these these last couple of years being being captain was, was such a humbling experience at, at such a storied program that, I mean, it definitely grew as a as a person and as a player these last two years. Just just in uh, in that regard, just you know, being being a leader in the locker room and you know trying to you know uh, be a good player as well as it was something that um, you know helped me out greatly, not just on the ice but off the ice as well. Good stuff. So you uh, you leave the University of North Dakota with the degree, like you you've got that all ironed out as as you graduate. Hopefully we, uh, we're just online, uh, college right now. They sent all the students home with, uh, obviously want to be careful with like the, with the coronavirus, uh, kind of pandemic going on. So we're being safe and, and studying from home right now, but at the, hopefully by the end of May, I'll have a, have a degree in my back pocket too. So that's the plan anyways. What's the, uh, what, if all things go according to plan, what's the degree? Uh, it's a degree in, uh, biology. Well, very cool, very cool. So we had Connor Mackey, who got his degree in business management. He signs today, and, and you get yours in biology. Do you know Connor at all? Like, I, I know you guys play in different conferences, but are you uh, aware of him at all? Do you uh, Have you had an opportunity to chat with him? Uh, I haven't chatted with him personally yet, but I we did actually play a, play a two-game series in, in uh, Mankato this year. That They were uh, one of our out-of-conference uh, teams that we got to play. So... Uh, we did play against each other, and it, it was a really fun series, actually. And I I remember it very vividly. He's he's a really good player, and I'm I'm excited to uh, get to know him and hopefully play with him. Appreciate the time today, Colton. Thanks so much for doing this. Congratulations on the contract, and uh, we hope to see you out here in Calgary as soon as possible. And and obviously, we know that things are weird right now, but as soon as humanly possible. Uh, can't wait to see you out here. Thanks for doing this today. Yeah, for sure. Appreciate it. Stay safe. You as well. That's Colton Pullman, one of the newest members of the Calgary Flames, joining us on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Right now, bars closed to patrons during these trying times, but they're open for business. Pickup or deliveries available by calling 403-248-3344. Once again, that's 403-248-3344. Pinder, think about that. Here's a guy that was born in Grand Forks on the Minnesota side of it. Um, but he's born in Grand Forks, gets to play for that program at the University of North Dakota, uh, parlays it into a degree, parlays it into four years, and now parlays it into an NHL contract. That's a pretty cool story. Well, and then you add in the brother and the dad. I mean, it's that's, that's yeah. 
yeah. fighting Sioux family. That's that's crazy stuff. And and if you're going to play college hockey, of course you have to be able to somehow, some way, play for them. If if you're one of the Pullmans, that's uh, those are two really. You know, we, we keep hearing on the scouting reports, character and great, great people. And I talked to Colton's head coach from his one year in Penticton and said just a rock for them. One of their leaders, great human. And that seems to be a, a lot of the common feedback on not only Pullman, but Mackey as well. As these are two quality individuals the organization's adding. Good stuff and uh, very happy to chat with both the newest members of the Calgary Flames. We've also heard from GM Brad Tree Living that uh, they have a forward on their radar as well and uh, might be able to finalize details with him in the coming day or two. So we will certainly uh, take a look at that and keep our eye on that and keep that on the radar to see if there's another college free agent joining the Calgary Flames organization as well. Okay, it's Pinder and Steinberg as we continue on a Friday afternoon. We've got plenty of hockey talk today which is actually a a nice distraction we'll still do wild card wednesday after four o'clock and a whole lot more but back with more on pinder and steinberg next sportsnet 960 the fan pinder and steinberg continues on sportsnet 960 the fan welcome back to pinder and steinberg it is a friday day nine of sports apocalypse pat how's my math feel like it's day nine it's got to be day nine i think i i don't know i haven't done the math myself i just know that yesterday you said it was day eight so i'm a trusting guy and i i trust you you'll be happy to know the calgary flames extended and their winning streak and swept their road swing through greater new york uh on my nhl 94 sega genesis console earlier today uh wasn't easy claude lemieux a bit of a rat we knew that Alexander Simak and uh, Stefan Riche went off, but uh, we weathered the storm, Pat, and the Flames are coming home with six of a possible six points. What was the final score? 6-4, not good. Not good at Ooh. all. Well, you know what? Uh, five Sometimes five-minute periods. Third game in four nights. Like, you got you to gotta weather those storms sometimes. But you know what? As I, I believe... Jeff Ward um, told Peter Labardius in one of the coaches' shows recently, you know, sometimes you got to find a way to win with a bad hand. And when you're playing three games in four nights, I know there's not a lot of travel, but there's some fatigue in there. You just got to find a way. So I, and that, that was a real character win for the Flames last night over the Devils. So that's, that's going to be real big for them going forward, I think. No question. Now, the bad news, Robert Reichel left early in the third. He got mauled by stupid Claude Lemieux, so we had to bring Neuendijk back in. He immediately jumped on the score sheet with a helper on what proved to be the game winner. But uh, the Reichel to the wing, Roberts at center ice experiment was going well until it wasn't going anymore. And uh, Al McInnes got his first goal since the uh, resumption of this fake season. So good to see Big Al come to life. Well, that's big because you called him out. You've been really disappointed in him, and uh, I'm glad that he was able to step up. So this is a uh, this is a big stretch here. I'm I'm really I'm really happy to see that they they've been able to rise to the occasion in uh, the most important time of the year. And and I think they just need to keep this going into the playoffs. This is a this is a this is a real good stretch for them. Yeah, you got we mixed in a Jeff Reese start on that road trip as well. So uh, just. Get, get nice for everyone. And by the way, I looked at, uh, you know, if we're going to sub out McKinnis for another D, there's a significant mm-hmm. drop from uh, him to 
uh, Johansson and Merzen and others that were available. So we're, we're going to stick with, with Suter, who is a god, and uh, McInnes as well. Now, I don't remember, in NHL 94, can you do trades and, and customize rosters and stuff like that? Or is no. that a little before it's time? I do not believe so. Yeah, I don't think that I, – I've never done it. But it is neat. You can keep user records, which at the time was pretty impressive that you could essentially add to a memory of a cartridge where you can take the cartridge out. Like I pulled it out of the garage and literally my win-loss record of my radio pals from Fort St. John – in 2006, 2007, are still in the machine. And anytime you get a game preview, it'll be like, oh, Valerie Zelopukin scored four for KPP back on this date against this team. You're like, oh, wow, these, these, this is incredible. Who's KPP? I think that would be uh, Chris. We always called him Shivy because we couldn't produce his, uh, pronounce his last name. It was like Polish or Ukrainian. It was all consonants, no vowels. Uh, from Vancouver and the midday guy was from Winnipeg. His name was Scott Morrison, Scotty Moe. So he was Scotty Moe, and the other guy was just his initials. And uh, we played NHL 94 for the coldest, loneliest, most bitter winter of my life. Until this uh, cold, bitter summer that we're about to go through <laughs> with no yeah, I'm not too worried about the cold, but uh, yeah, the isolation thing is, is, is happening. Uh, how do you survive last night? We need the pandemic update. What did Steinberg do to keep busy? And uh, uh, are you fully nocturnal yet? I mean, I stayed. Uh, I stayed up until I think. I think I finally uh, hit the rack at about three o'clock last night. I was uh, deep in a game of Uncharted, so um, I finished off the Lost Legacy uh, on Uncharted for PlayStation Four, which was. You know, I, I, I beat it once before, but this time felt more satisfying. I found more treasures this time. So I hadn't played, ah. like, honestly, I haven't played video games. I have not turned on my PlayStation 4 for something other than Netflix in prior to the last few days in more than a year. Uh, but I'm like, well, I ain't got nothing else to do, so I uh, might as well uh, take up some games. So I, I started replaying uh, The Lost Legacy, uh, which is a really good Uncharted uh, companion game. I quite enjoyed it. God, we're going to need a, a Steinberg Twitch channel here pretty soon, I think. No, I am the worst at video games of all time. The only Yeah, games didn't say I'm it was for your benefit. Are- uh, only games I'm good at are NHL games. Any other game, like the new NHL games, I'm actually pretty good at. Um, any other games, so Call of Duty first-person shooters, um, Grand Theft Auto or Uncharted kind of third-person games, I, I need to put them on the easiest level possible. Uh, I need it so that basically you're playing against really, really poorly made robots that can't shoot they can't aim and apparently i'm superhuman because i get shot in the head and it only takes off like half of half of my life so uh that's the level that i need to play on because i'm so bad at video games i'm terrible i'm not much of a uh, yeah it's it's the sega genesis is the only console i am curious to dive into the nba jam tournament edition which was one of my faves good two-player games so um i don't know who i'm gonna play with but very excited to to get into NBA JMTE, Charlotte, a particularly good team, I believe. What is it, Johnson and Morning? Two big men that can both shoot it. Like it's Suns were pretty it, good, man. if I remember correctly, too. Manning and who? They had. I believe uh, Charles Utah's, Barkley. I believe. Yeah, yeah, and then Utah would be Stockton Malone, which is good, obviously. But uh, 
the other guy, Muggsy Bogues, is your third option with Charlotte. So if you want a, a little darty point guard that can shoot the three, you can sub him in too. What, uh, what other games you got for the old Genesis? Oh, I was looking through. I have NHL 95, which I never really play because 94 is better, but I did have one roommate that preferred it or at least wanted to switch it up now and then. I just The gameplay is worse than 94, and when you're a year better, you expect A, better graphics, and B, more realistic simulation of the game. So it just it, it lost momentum in 95 for me, but I do have that. And then I haven't sifted through the rest of the box because I was just so keen to get 94 out and you know, help save the flame season for everyone, Pat. You know, like, I, do we I'm have Street Fighter Two? Street Fighter Two, I believe the the Genesis version was the special tournament edition. Um, I don't so, have any. Oh, there he goes. Oh, we were doing so well, so good. He oh, was going so well. We were so rolling until. Um, you know what? I consider that a success. If yeah, I'll take can, that one. Uh, I I will definitely take that I'm knowing back. our uh, technical situation, and it only lasted for a couple of seconds. You're, that was good. That was good. So do you, yeah, no usually... no Street Fighter, no Mortal Kombat, no just sports games uh, to my knowledge. But uh, you know I'm ready to broaden my horizons. If someone wants to um, you know deliver them to my front door, ring their doorbell, and leave, I'll accept uh, <laughs> fighting games. Sure. Sonic the Hedgehog is a no go too. I would have back in the day, but it wouldn't have lasted. This is, the video gaming was never for, like, one player. It was always, like, what can we do before we go to the bar and university type kind of activity. So it was always, like, multiplayer, sports, let's go. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Sonic, of course, would have come with every Sega Genesis back in the day. It was the uh, it was the platform right. game. Um, and uh, I I always quite enjoyed Sonic the Hedgehog. Good game. I, know this, I, like, I like Sonic. Everybody likes the Mario, and then Mario was the, the, the platform side-scroller for Nintendo. But I, I always thought that Sonic had some, had some real good merit to it. So uh, you should try and find that if you can. Now, the Sonic movie, apparently awful. Is that what you've heard? Because uh, I've yeah. seen the previews and it's it looks unbearable. I, I it is. Uh, uh, I have a love zero interest. Score. Zero interest in watching that. Even during a pandemic, I don't think Sonic the Hedgehog will uh, will ever don a, a screen that I'm watching by choice. I'm just looking up the Rotten Tomatoes score for for Sonic the movie. Oh, um, 64%. That's usually, yeah, that's better than I thought. Huh. Wow, well, well, 63% uh, better than I thought. What did the Taylor Swift Cats movie get on Rotten Tomatoes? Like apparently it was like it's oh. just the worst piece of trash that has ever been ever been made. Twenty um, percent. Uh, it got twenty percent. Well, there, there you go. Sonic is forty percent better than Cats with Taylor Swift. I think that's part of the tagline. Sonic forty percent better than Cats. Well, and Jim Carrey. So you know that's that's the thing. Yeah. Well, they had to totally redo Sonic because they launched the preview and people were like. This doesn't look like Sonic the Hedgehog. Change it. So the studio said, okay, we'll change it. And no they delayed production for a number of months so they could go back and redo all the CGI on Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, they gave him, like, so human dumb. teeth or something like that, and everyone freaked out. Yeah, there was uh, something, some feature fair. that just was wrong, and people had massive backlash, yeah. 
Well, you know what? This seems like a really good precursor to Wild Card Wednesday. Who knows what video game questions might show up in Wild Card Wednesday. Yes, I'm aware it's a Friday, but you know what? We're doing Wild Card Wednesday five days a week on Pandemic Radio. We've actually had some good content today. After 5 o'clock, we'll hear from Brad Tree Living again, plus uh, Connor Mackey and Colton Pullman both joined us today, two of the newest members of the Calgary Flames. But Wild Card Wednesday, we'll see if we can make it cringier than yesterday. That's coming your way next. Pinder and Steinberg on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Find out all the things we never wanted to know about our afternoon show. It's time for Wild Card Wednesday. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. You know, usually, Kirsch will be like, uh, yeah, you know, we uh, need to uh, stick with sports and uh, we don't want to go too long without Flames talk. But during pandemic radio... Anything goes, including doing a show that we, uh, a segment that we typically only do on Wednesdays every day of the week. Welcome back to the program. We've got Pat Steinberg here uh, in my home office. We've got Ryan Pinder somewhere at Shea Pinder, and we've got Peter Klein doing yeoman's work back in our basement systems downtown studio. Gentlemen, how are we doing? We haven't had a lot of chance to just uh, sit and talk. Pinder, what's the word from uh, your neck of the woods? Well, I went downstairs, and my wife is sifting through the huge bag of still-remaining Halloween candy and bribing my children. Uh, They're about to go walk around uh, the neighborhood. So, uh, yeah, pretty, I guess, normal behavior, except that my wife's at home at 4.09 rather than working, which here we are in the pandemic. So, yeah, nothing's normal. What about you, Klein? How uh, How are things in your neck of the woods? Uh, well, in here, it's an absolute cluster, but uh, at uh, at the Klein-Carson residence, uh, things are fine. There's no real holdups right now. Uh, my wife is still working from home, and uh, her job doesn't have a whole lot to do right now, so our apartment has never been cleaner. That's good. Oh, yeah, it's awesome. And you are going to do, you're going to do everything in your power to um, make it, hard on her because you don't really seem like the cleanest guy, Clyde. No, I'm not. I'm disgusting. And she knew that coming into this, so uh, this is all her fault. Uh, you know, it's, it's a pretty uh. accurate depiction. I wouldn't uh, expect him to use such strongly worded language, but uh, I think he's dead on. He's yes. disgusting. No one no I'm one corrected disgusting. me, so uh, yeah. I don't know. I've never lived with you before. I don't know. Um, I don't even I, think you've been to my I, house. I'm not going to... I have not, so I uh, I can't sit here confirming or denying, but um, I'm going to take your word for it. How's that? Yeah, that's uh, so probably the good disgusting Peter Klein, <laughs> Ryan Pinder, and Pat Steinberg along with you. Well, because you're so disgusting, Klein, on Wild Card Wednesday, uh, we've got five categories. We've got pop culture, career, personal life, sports, and wild card. Um, I think you've got to go first because you're disgusting. Okay, it works for me. So here we go. Career. Okay. Uh, well, we've all had a lot of time to uh, to think about this over the last little bit. But if sports just went away, what career are you choosing? You mean like right now when sports has just gone away? Yes. Yeah. If, if this turns into a worldwide pandemic for forever, and we've just decided that sports are going to be a thing we can never have again, what's the uh, what's the career path? Now caveat on this question 
do I like? Can it be any career, or does it have to be a career that I could actually have? You know, like I'm physically, mentally uh, qualified for. Yeah, I don't know if you can say like quantum physicist here. Um, but, like, let's let's keep it semi-realistic. <laughs> work for NASA. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm gonna be an astronaut. Well, like, cause I, <laughs> I would have said like fighter pilot, but I I don't have very good eyes, so I can't be a fighter pilot. You right. know what I'm saying? No. Like, with yeah, that, you can't it, be a fighter. Does pilot. that disqualify this? Okay. Yes. Okay, so it has to be somewhat realistic. You know what? You're still I, you. I, I, I probably. Yeah. Yeah, you can't yeah, okay. say you're going to be still, the first female me. president of the United States. Like, this has to be realistic. Fair enough. Okay, <laughs> it's it's uh, it's still me with all my uh, the the great number of shortcomings that that come along with being me. Um, you know, I've always this this might uh, th- this might sound strange. I don't know. Uh, I've always wanted to do something involving driving for a living i really enjoy driving i just like being i like 12 hour drives i like long hauls i like being on the road so i uh like i'd be a truck driver i'd I'd do long haul trucking um so something like something like that i I think think that'd be all I would do would be listening to Howard Stern and satellite radio. I like driving overnight. I don't have to worry about wildlife so much because when you're in a you know 17-ton truck driving on the highway, if there's a moose or a deer that gets in your way, you just keep on going and clean that stuff off the grill a little bit later on. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that I would go long-haul trucker. I'm going to have to be involved uh, in something dealing with booze, Pat, whether that's a bar or a brewery or a distillery or being a booze rep. I just feel like we got to stick to our strengths if we're going to move to a new career later in life, right? <laughs> that's, those are your strengths. You would be very good at that. <laughs> um, um, yeah, so that's uh, probably on the nose and pretty accurate. I, I think I would... I would try like the professional poker player route. I really enjoy it, although I have fallen off a, a little bit. But I think if I got back into it, I would be okay. Uh, and save for that, maybe something like a bouncer. I'm not really good at a lot of stuff, uh, and I'm not super smart either. So like, if this if sports goes away, I I, I don't know what I would do. Uh, maybe like the before picture in a number of different modeling agencies. Um, but maybe I think I would try <laughs> the the professional gambling route. How like how well did you do when you were doing the online poker thing? Like, were you somewhat profitable at it? Uh, I never did actual real money stuff, so I yeah I I can't like I I would win play money tournaments, but that's not really something you hang a banner for, right? So I I did well amongst people who were kind of invested, uh, but I know yeah I, I think I I think I could get okay at it. Have you ever sat down, like, gone to a poker room and, and, and played? No, I, I would love to. I almost did in Vegas one time, um, but just schedule-wise didn't end up working out. But I, I would absolutely love to do that, just home games and whatnot for now. And, of course, just for fun, okay. you know. Mm. Nothing, Fair enough. Nothing illegal. Um, because that would be illegal otherwise, today. I've got bad news for you. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I, I do not. And, and even if it wasn't closed, I would not... Um, I would not suggest you go and, and do that, but you know when when life returns to normal, whenever that might be, uh, maybe you could uh, take up playing some poker for more of a regular basis. I like that, Kleiner. Uh, okay, well, who wants to go next? I'm ready to rock. Let's do this before I drop out again. Okay. Yep, I like that. 
wild card. Ooh. All right, boys, it's simple, it's topical. Which movie that you love will you rewatch first in this pandemic? Whew. I'm trying to think if I've rewatched one as of yet. Like, I. I did finish watching, and this is one of my favorites. It, it was about a third of the way through, but then I picked it up for the remainder. Uh, I finished watching The Departed. So does that count, or does it have to be like actual appointment viewing, sit down, press play, and watch the whole thing? Well, I guess I'll rephrase it. Um, which movie are you most eager to rewatch in this pandemic? Okay. I think for me, just based on I the would timing. Say, go um, ahead, Clyde. Just based on the timing, I always watch the the major league movies before the start of the baseball season. So timing wise, that would probably be it. But I have been debating if I want to go Avengers marathon, Batman marathon, or Star Wars marathon to go super geeky on things. Ooh. So I, I've kind of been going back and forth on those. I uh, I don't think that I have seen Avengers Endgame on a television screen yet so i think endgame would be right there uh remember the titans is always a big time rewatch for me i always just to, and that's just to piss boomer off but uh remember the titans definitely will get rewatched at some point here uh but i i think number one will be avengers endgame just because i i saw it twice in theaters and now I haven't had an opportunity to watch it since it's been available in homes. So I'm going to go Avengers Endgame will be the first one that I rewatch. Nice. Super nerdy as well. As I went to the garage and cracked out the NHL 94 and Sega Genesis, it was the same storage box that had all kinds of other knickknacks and my DVD collection from, you know, when I collected DVDs way back in the day. The Big Lebowski's going in. My wife has never seen it. She's going to hate it, but we might have the pandemic long enough where you can watch it twice, which is when you really understand the humor of the big Lebowski. You love Lebowski, hey? It's so brilliant and funny and amazing and awesome. It's great. There's some uh, some good responses to our first two questions on Wildcard Wednesday before we, uh, before we move on to our, th- our third topic. This from Calvin. I was a heavy mechanic at a place that's all trucks and trailers, and a guy hit a moose with his Kenworth, and it killed him dead, the driver. And the moose, I think. So, okay, may- maybe maybe not the moose. Uh, you don't drive right through the moose. Uh, this says, at best, you're getting a tie with the moose. You might win against a deer or smaller, but anything bigger is a tie at best. And uh, if the truck's hitting the moose, the tie's not good. Uh, what else we got? Are Klein and Steinberg in a contest to say who can say the most negative things about themselves? Come on, guys. You guys are great. Perpetually. We're in a perpetual race to see who can say the Although most negative things about I have, themselves. I have been reading a book as of late. It's called... Uh, um, I don't remember exactly what it's called. Uh, You're a badass or something like that. I, I, I've been, it's, a, it's a self-help <laughs> book, and I've been reading it. And one of the things that it teaches you is to not be so self-deprecating, which I've been trying, and I've also been getting to try to get Klein to be less self-deprecating. Um, I would read that. I'm not, doing a bad job of it today. On both, on both fronts, doing a poor job. <laughs> I would try to read that, but I don't know how to read. Boom, look at that. comes back with more self-deprecation. That's Whoa. a good point. Uh, realistic job, Pat. That rules out porn star. That comes from Todd. Um, that's funny. Pinder so thinks field sports. You've explored work. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've I've never explored that work. Uh, that's funny. Pinder thinks sports is a strength. Hashtag delusional. 
Um, that's not very nice. Um, I want to be a professional poker player, but I've never played for actual money. You would fall hard on your face, Klein. Uh, that's what somebody says to you about having not played with real money, although you did rebut. Um, I try not to admit to illegal gambling on the air if I can avoid it. Um, what are you trying to tell us here, Klein? Are you, are you holding out on us? Uh, maybe a little bit, but you know what? That's fine. What are they going to do? Like, do you think that they've got they've got people that are just, uh, yeah, Peter Klein, 960, heard him on the radio, illegal gambler, let's send the uh, feds to his house. we got to shut this guy down. Well, yeah. I think it's being a little... Uh, Slightly, uh, nope. slightly paranoid, <laughs> a little bit. Uh, I just rewatched The Departed this morning. Uh, this Pinder stock just went up for Big Lebowski, uh, and this loaded up Lord of the Rings Fellowship of the Ring this morning on the old Netflix. Against all better judgment, I went and saw Star Wars Episode Nine. What a load of garbage that comes from Andrew. So there's just a little bit of the reaction to our first two questions on uh, Wild Card Wednesday. Okay, let's go. Uh, let's hit topic number three. Let's see if I've got a good one for us. It's gotta be it. Pop right culture. Pop culture. I was depleted on this, life. but I personal did. Well, life. Oh, no, I asked the personal yeah, life personal one yesterday. Life. Remember, I got the uh, the nose hair That's... one that I'd been waiting for. Um, oh, that was the big what one. What was uh, on good? the on the <laughs> pop culture um, on the pop culture front? What was your favorite cartoon growing up? Your favorite cartoon as a child? I know that'll test Pinder's fried memory banks, so yeah. while he thinks, Klein, you go first. Uh, mine was Thank you. definitely Spider-Man. Um, with Which on- one? Uh, I did really enjoy the one that started with, like, the now in Technicolor, or whatever it was. Uh, <laughs> but the, the one that came out in 94 that uh, is on Disney Plus that I've been that rewatching. That one was dope. I, that was my absolute favorite. Uh, going back <laughs> through... Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, going back through some of my stuff in my parents' place, I do have a number of action figures from the show as well. Uh, so that that one is definitely an honorable mention to Transformers, Batman the Animated Series, and X-Men. Uh, so I've got I've got two. You stole one of them, and that is the 94 Spider-Man. The, the theme says a Spider-Man. Uh, that was the best. Uh, and I was, as a, as a young boy, was in love with the cartoon version of Mary Jane on that show. I was hooked on that program growing up. Uh, and then the, uh, the other cartoon, which I still think holds up today, because about five years ago for Christmas, my brother out of nowhere bought me a box set on this. Uh, I still think the Warner Brothers cartoon Animaniacs still holds up today. <laughs> it is still funny because it was aimed at kids and, and kids could laugh at it, but there was kind of that next level of humor that only you know somebody uh, who's a little bit a little bit more advanced than a seven-year-old would get, uh, and that it's still funny today. I rewatched like three months ago, and I was laughing. So, Animaniacs and the uh, Spider-Man, the second incarnation of the Spider-Man cartoon. Uh, I'm going to say Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the cartoon mm. one. Um, Good choice. You stupid mutants, get those turtles. That's my attempt at a Krang impression. Krang, nice. Would, of course, Krang was the brain in the in like the glass dome with mechanical legs, and he would boss Shredder around. Bebop and Rocksteady were his henchmen, and then you had you know the Ninja Turtles. April, the TV reporter, I believe was her April name, O'Neil, and Splinter, yep. the Sensei. So uh, yeah. I like the Ninja Turtles. They love pizza. How cool is that? Now, can you remember covers like there were frisbees? Can you remember the 
uh, colors of their little masks and their weapons. Can you Give go a, with all four okay, of them? Okay, so I will say it is Leonardo, blue, and the uh, the big sword, right? Two swords. The name, two swords. Two swords. Yep. Donatello, purple with the bow staff. Yep. Bang Raphael, on. red with the num with the size. The size. And yep. You got it. Michelangelo, orange with the nunchucks. Yep. You nailed it. Wow. I am very impressed. I'm very impressed. I was a Not big bad Ninja for Turtles Swiss guy cheese growing up. I went as uh, Donatello. Shocking that nerd Pat would identify with Donatello, the nerdy one. So he was the scientist, um, was he not? He, he was. I went as him for Halloween a few times. Um, so I, I'm a big Michelangelo fan. was the party dude. Yeah, Calamari, the leader. Yeah. Very, very uh, introverted. And then Raphael. Raphael was the uh, the sarcastic one. Was he? Okay. Yeah. That, by the way, by the way. One of the best four-player video games of all time yes, yeah. at the arcade yeah. was the Ninja Turtles. Yeah. It came before the Big Simpsons. Time. The Simpsons was huge, too, the the four-player Simpsons. But the four-player Ninja Turtle games where Raphael did the rolling attack was outstanding, as good as it gets for arcade games. And uh, they, they ported it, I believe, to the Nintendo Entertainment System, and it yes. still held up as a two-player mm-hmm. game and was outstanding as well. Huge fan of the Ninja Turtles video games. Yeah, how could you not be? They're excellent. Uh, Also, just a couple honorable mentions from a a little uh, bit more childish. Loved Rugrats and Recess as a kid. Those were two other ones. Just kind of maybe not in the the same uh, nerdy realm. And not as a kid, but I always have a small place in my heart for Beavis and Butthead, which I started watching at about 15. <laughs> and uh, Beavis and Butthead still... It's about the right age. Heart. Yeah, and it was... It, I, I don't know if it holds up as well today, but still nostalgic whenever I see an episode. What do we got on the text line? Um, Pinder totally Googled that. Did you actually did you Google <laughs> the Ninja Turtles, or did you remember... No, I saw that text. I, I was going by memory, and again, I almost got uh, Raphael and Michelangelo mixed up. That was straight memory. But you know what? It's, it, it's one of those ones where there's been so many different carnations of it. Like, um, there's been movies and new cartoons. Like, kids now that are six will have Ninja Turtles. Like, it's, it's, it's had this second wave of popularity, which probably has helped me keep it, you know, somewhat near the front of the operational part of my brain. Did Pinder just say nunchucks? Yeah, I believe it's nunchucks. I did. Uh, it is none. I did say numb. Quick <laughs> aside, I actually saw a guy practicing with nunchucks in Japan in a park when we were walking one day. Apparently, that they're illegal right. in North America. You, you can't. Uh, you cannot walk around with nunchucks on the streets. Well, I wasn't of, taking uh, them away from this city. guy, so he was totally. <laughs> Why? Well, and and Japan, talking. last I checked, is not part of North America either. Also so. true. Um, Semi-automatic weapon? That's fine, sir. Nunchucks? No, you have to go. <laughs> uh, what else? Uh, G.I. Joe, Transformers, lots of Animaniacs love. Somebody said Dungeons and Dragons, Bugs Bunny, The Tick, and Thundercats are some of the other cartoon nominations. Pinky and the Brain? You remember that, boys? That was part of yes. Animaniacs. Okay, well then I'm all on board with Animaniacs. That, that's yeah. Love Pinky and the Brain. They had they they had the Animaniacs. They had uh, Yakko, Wacko, and Dot, 
and then they had different kind of like sketches on top of that. And one of them was Pinky and the Brain. One of them was Love the uh, Brooklyn uh, Brooklyn Pigeons. Uh, there were a number of different things that they would then bring in to Animaniacs and kind of little vignettes. Oh, Reboot um, was good, too. I was just about to say, Reboot would be one other one that I was huge on. Uh, had a huge crush on Dot growing up. I had problems, guys. Did. I uh, had cr- crushes on cartoons. This is what happens well, when you don't talk to girls. Past tense. You're right. I haven't had a crush in cartoon in, on a cartoon in months. It's been yeah. a long time since I've had a cartoon crush. Uh, on that front, there's another edition of Wild Card Wednesday. This has been Wild Card Wednesday on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Another good edition, gents. Uh, we'll do it again on Monday because only once a week. Is it actually on a Wednesday in Pandemic Radio? we got Pinder at Shea Pinder. We've got Steinberg at Shea Steinberg. And holding down the fort like an absolute pro at our basement systems downtown studio yeah. is Peter Klein. I think so. Um, hey, enough with the self-deprecating, remember? Uh, next up, we're going to hear from the head coach of the Buffalo Sabres, Ralph Kruger, who didn't quite get to complete his first full year back in the NHL. Guys, this guy can't get a full year of NHL hockey. He got a 48-game season before getting replaced by Dallas Akins, comes back, gets his job with the Buffalo Sabres, and then this season gets cut short as well. Guy's never going to get an 82-game <laughs> season. Ralph Kruger coming up next. Uh, Pinder and Steinberg, Sports that 960, the fan. So how about the NHL coaching career of Ralph Kruger? He takes over after being two years as an associate coach with the Edmonton Oilers. He takes over as head coach in the lockout shortened season 2012-2013. He actually, if you remember, the Oilers came into Calgary, I believe beat the Flames something like 8-1 at the Scotiabank Saddledome and were in a playoff spot. They then, I believe, finished the year with one win in their final 11 games following that win over the Flames. It was like they beat the Flames, they got into a playoff spot, and then we're like, we're done, let's go. And then they missed the playoffs. But that was the best season the Oilers had had in years. But Oilers fell in love with Dallas Akins. They were like, this is our guy. Sorry, Ralph, you're out. So Kruger gets fired after a decent 48-game season, and there was a lot of promise. So he goes over to the U.K., and he joins Southampton Football Club and is doing work with them for a number of years. Then in 2016... The World Cup of Hockey is ran, and they're like, well, we need a head coach who's got some experience with European players. This guy has coached in the Swiss League before and in Switzerland before. So Ralph Kruger comes back and coaches the world team, Team World or whatever, Team Europe rather, the Team Europe team that ended up going to the finals of the World Cup with Team Canada and was very close to getting a third game in that best of three final against Canada. Kruger did a great job there. Goes back, um, remains in Europe, and then gets hired this season to be the head coach of the Buffalo Sabres and isn't going to get a full NHL season again. He only got 48 games his first year. This year, he's likely only going to get 69 games as a head coach in the NHL. When is Ralph Kruger ever going to get an opportunity as a full-time head coach? I don't know the answer to that, but I do know the guys at Hockey Central at noon in Toronto uh, caught up with the head coach of the Buffalo Sabres today in conversation with Jeff Merrick and the gang. Here's Sabres head coach Ralph Kruger. 
I'm curious, as someone that, you know, used to have a seat at the, the World Economic Forum, uh, uniquely qualified to talk with some authority about what the world is going through right now, what was your message to players 10 days ago? Well, I had, uh, first of all, hi, gentlemen, and hello to all your listeners. Uh, it's good to be on the show. I really was ahead of the curve because in Switzerland, my son playing in a, in a team in Bern, Switzerland, the capital city, had already spoke, had already played in front of empty stadiums. So when I spoke to our players about a week before we actually shut down, I, I did warn them that I, sadly thought this was coming and that we were just trailing what was going on in Europe and it has worked out that way. But I, you know, we did speak quite seriously about what was going on here in Europe and uh, what my kids were already having to avoid and take care of. And, you know, everything, everything just happened a couple of weeks later in the U.S. Berkey? Because we we get... I think these interviews go so well, Ralph. You're so well-spoken. I don't want to get lost without talking about the NHL coaching initiative. So why don't you take us through that? I don't want that to be something we try to jam in at the end. Yeah, I think it's really important. The NHL CA has developed, as you well know, Brian, in, in a real positive sense over the last decade. And, you know, we, we've been speaking lately more and more about uh, a mentorship program and about all of us head coaches and eventually the excellent associate and assistant coaches in the National Hockey League getting out more and being accessible for coaches in developmental phases all over the world to continue to grow this game. It's improved as much as any game on this planet in the last decade as far as speed and athleticism and, uh, you know, on the tactical side, on the training side, there's so much to add, and I look forward to doing a webinar here on Wednesday, which will be, uh, which which already has a maximum capacity of 400 people on the webinar, with, and it'll be in nine countries around the world. And I get the opportunity to to try to add some value to these coaches' lives and to give them some tools that can make them, you know, better coaches for the kids, for the adults, for whoever the women and men that they're coaching and uh, just continue to improve our game. So it's a, I'm glad you're asking Brian, because we're, you know, I'm proud to be able to be a part of it as an NHL coach. Uh, Ralph, you were the uh, former chairman of the South Hopton uh, football club in, uh, in the premier league there. Are there more similarities or differences when it comes to the business side of hockey and soccer or football, as they like to call it? Well, that was my first thing when I when I walked in there in 2014 as the chairman was I told everybody that my biggest surprise is that there are almost no surprises and that the culture of the Premier League and the way it operates is so similar to the National Hockey League and what I was experiencing there and it's you know the uh the the you could feel maybe because it's it's more the English culture and the way the game of soccer slash football is played but it's uh, there. There are so many parallels, and I was able to learn a lot being, you know, in that role. Something, you know, that that Brian has been in more than anything in the last few decades, and it's it's exciting to bring it back into the sport that I love and I grew up in. So it was a good educational phase, but it was time to get back to hockey, and I'm so happy to be back. It's and I do believe you go through educational phases in your life. Like working for Gary Bettman at the NHL was. 
five years in an educational phase. I learned so much. But what impressed me, Ralph, and, and I've known you for a long time, I'm impressed that another sport asked you to come over. Like, I've never been approached. I've gone to training camp with NFL teams. I've gone in and studied their business operation. Done the same with the NBA, same with baseball. No one's ever said to me, hey, you ever think about coming over and working for us? And, but you, these, these skills are transferable. The industries are very similar. But they're seldom asked. Brian, We're seldom asked. But, yeah. but right, no yeah, one's asked you, me. You can do it tomorrow. But, but yeah, my point you know is... What, Brian, I tell you... <laughs> yeah, go ahead. No, the fact is you got asked and got to do it, which I think is pretty cool. Your kids got to move. They lived yeah. overseas anyway. It's pretty cool. Anyway, anyway, I've always been impressed by that. Not that I don't think it's that different. I think all sports, you have inventory, you got people, you got, it's the same thing. But that you were asked, that someone respected you enough to reach across the ocean and say, come do this. And no one ever asked me that no good, dirty, rotten. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you, you know, the, the, the one advantage, Brian, is that I never pretended to understand the game at the front. So I, uh, I think the coaches enjoyed the fact that I was the chairman because I left them alone. But it was, it is amazing how many similarities there, they are. And I think it would be good for sports in North America if they did actually reach across to others and bring in completely different, you know, just experiences and uh, knowledge bases. And yeah, no, I, I, I was happy to be asked. And it was a lady that owned the team at the time. And uh, she was really an out of the box kind of thinker. And, uh, you know, it, it just circumstances came together, but I, I was pleased for the experience for sure. Ralph Kruger is the head coach of the Buffalo Sabres. He joins us now. And uh, as the NHL is on pause and we're all trying to find other things to do, um, I tend to, during hockey season, gravitate to, towards books that were either written by or written about coaches. Uh, just recently finished uh, Fred Shiro's autobiography from years ago and, and picked up Anatoly Tarasov's Road to Olympus, which I think is must-read for, for any uh, coach in the game right now. Um, Ralph, when you pick up books about coaching, what are they? Which titles do you gravitate towards and which authors? Well, it's interesting because I, I really think it's important that we never stop educating ourselves. And I wander all over the place. I'm actually reading a book on Stoicism right now, uh, which is, uh, you know, philosophy from a couple of thousand years ago. Yep, yeah. It's not, it's pretty dry, but I, I don't think I'm going to hang in there too terribly long. But it's, it depends on, you know, where, where I'm at in the season. I have to tell you honestly, when you, when you have some time to relax during an NHL season with the intensity, it's more entertainment that you look for. And in times like this, it's more depth that you look for. But I, I do wander through all the different genres of books out there. And uh, it's important that you just find, find different angles and different ways to be a better person, better leader, better coach. You don't have to send me that one when you're done with it, Ralph. <laughs> you don't want to learn about uh, Hellenistic philosophy, Brian? I, I find that hard to believe. No. Were, were, were there any coaching books, though, Ralph, that, uh, that you read, uh, you know, bef bef even before you got into the industry? Anything influenced you that way? I, I did. I, I, I like to go to other sports. I mean, I remember reading all the books out there by Pat Riley, you know, Don, yeah. Don Shula, Landry. Uh, go, going into other sports, I found, found quite interesting and uh and and all of those all of those coaches that have put 
pen to paper are worth looking at for anybody looking at uh, leadership experience. Berkey? Yeah, I've, I find my rule about sports books is I try to read as many as I can. I try every fourth book I read, I try to read a sports book. Otherwise, I read biographies okay. about famous business people or politicians or military heroes. But my rule is I won't buy a book that's written by a coach or a GM that doesn't have a ring. Like, I don't want to learn to be good at this. I want to learn to be great at this. If the guy hasn't been great at it, then don't write a bloody book. Um, but I, 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 do, I do enjoy um, – I read Freddie Shiro's book you know, one, years ago, yep. and I really enjoyed it. And I, yeah. I only knew Freddie a little bit from being in training camp with the Flyers that one time. And I spoke to him briefly. But, uh, you know, I thought his book was interesting. I thought it was progressive. You know, going over to study what the Russians did and yeah. talking about new tactics. I, I loved it. And I, I like innovators. I like people who, you know, like I tell yeah. people, you go to the Louvre and people stand in front of the Mona Lisa and stare at it head on. And then the, they shuffle you out of the line and you move over. I like the people who stand over to the side and look at it. So there's a different way to look at this, like Moneyball. I think Moneyball is a failed strategy, yeah. but I love the fact that someone stood over to the side and said, well, we've got to try this. And that's how you strike me as a guy that's always willing to stand at the side. Yeah. Well, it was, it, it's interesting talking about winners. Uh, Scotty Bowman, who spends a lot of time in Buffalo, actually handed me a copy of his latest book, and it's on my bedside in Buffalo, so I, I'm partially way through it. And it's really just a, a book filled with anecdotes and uh, out of the many cups that he won in the winning season, so that's a, that's definitely a, a one to, a good one to grab, Brian. But you know, we often Brian and I had uh, rooms beside each other world tournaments. We passed each other at multiple Olympic games when you were with Team USA, and always always interesting conversations. And uh, you know, it's uh, it's good to hear you on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, I, w- I want to ask you about Jack Eichel. And um, yeah, I do Elliot, too. Elliot Friedman and I had a chance to sit down with him in Chicago at the uh, the NHL car wash at the beginning of the season. And he went on and on about this, what was just supposed to be a cup of coffee, a casual conversation between you two that turned into a bigger conversation and a restaurant and an entree and desserts uh, and, 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 and. and. Um, what was your perspective from that conversation with Jack Eichel? Because, because Ralph, he came away from it just raving about his new head coach. Yeah, it was just so natural, guys. It was... Uh, I love that kid, and he he is a superstar, and his finished product is going to be unbelievable. He's still a ways away from that, which is exciting, and he is as good an athlete as I've ever seen as a coach. He works equally hard. He, He matches his talent with his work ethic, and he just cares so much about his teammates, and he wants to win, and we will find a way in Buffalo with that type of leadership but what happened that day it was in Slovakia at the world tournament and it was uh he was between games and I didn't expect that he would have much time but it was just there was nothing forced about the conversation and when you when you get into a leadership role with a player with that type of ambition and you're able to you know find a lot of common ground on not only the way we we see life personally but also interests that we had outside of the game it's been it's been a real natural season it's not one of those where we needed endless meetings we could with eye contact and or 
very short communication get to the point and try and fix our challenges that we had and or build on the things that were good and it's exciting we're we're both excited about working together and continuing to build on the foundation that we feel is a strong one in buffalo i just missed out on uh Austin Matthews, Jack Eichel, a couple of top U.S. guys. I got out of the program. They they kind of got rid of us after the World Cup when we didn't win a game. <laughs> you started that, you bastard. You beat us in the first game with, about that. with Team Europe. Sorry about that, yeah, and we never recovered from that. We we didn't. Uh, we went zero three, and no U.S. team has ever gone into a tournament and gone over. So I think we're all like pariahs. But oh uh, I missed out on Jack Eichel. But I'm just so impressed watching. And I said hi to you after this game. I saw you in the hallway there, just watching yeah, yeah, yeah. how hard he works, how good he is, and how he tries desperately to keep his team in every game. It's just really impressive. Yeah, it's it's hard not to. You know, Brian, we try to keep the minutes of the top players. Let's say a forward, you'd like to stop and cap it at twenty minutes, but it's impossible with him. I mean, he averaged 23 minutes this season and deserved every one of them and never tired in the process. It was when you're looking down your bench, you know, almost all of our games were tied or one goal games going into the third period, right through the 69 games. We only had a few that drifted away in either way. And you know what it's like in those last 10 minutes. You got to play him. You have to put him out every second shift and you just got to play him. And what? He, he dealt with that really well, and he, he will only get better, which is which is something the NHL needs to be excited about. And he's got the, the traditional wrist shot. He's turned that into an unbelievable weapon yeah. for him. Yeah, yeah. No, he's starting to shoot, which was something really we noticed early on. He was just opt, opting out to passing too often, especially on the power play, trying to always be the quarterback. And he's he's bought into the mathematics of – balancing his game a little bit more and what a shot he has and it's 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 truly truly exciting and uh you know with the with the other young guys in our group we're we're looking forward to build on that for sure you know there i'm glad you guys are talking about this like this because there was one game this year and this was really and i know a lot of us at Sportsnet said wow what a great move by ralph here what a smart move um it was a game against the Columbus Blue Jackets. It was overtime. And Eichel was out there, turned the puck over to, I want to say it was Nick Felino, and Columbus won. And right after the game, you took full responsibility for it. He said, I, I rode him too hard down the third period, had to have him out there on the ice. I knew he was tired, but I had to keep throwing him over the boards. And you took the entire thing. And we're all thinking to ourselves, Here's this guy diving on the grenade for his captain turning the puck over at a really bad time of the game, namely overtime, and it led to the game winner. Um, take us through that. Take us through that that entire sequence from the the overtime with with Eichel turning yeah. the puck over to afterwards. You know, Ralph yeah. Kruger saying, "You know what? Put that one on me," because that goes a long way with players, as you well know. Well. All of you know it's it's it wasn't it, it was just done naturally because what happened was he'd started played the first shift we'd gone through a second shift and the third shift was coming up and his first shift had gone on too long and uh, at the end of the third he'd also been a big part of what was going on down the last few and I actually in my gut thought this is one too many need to take a break but threw him over the board so it, it was truly how I felt that. I also believe as coaches, we're, I, 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 I don't believe in 
separating myself from the group. I think we win and we lose together, and huh. uh, that's the way we're communicating within our dressing room, and that's the way we are working the program in Buffalo. And it's you know it's it's just something that uh, that I believe is important. But on that day, I, I truly felt that I'd screwed up on the on the line changes. <laughs> Uh, listen, it, we understood what you're were, you were trying to do, and you're just that kind of coach, and you're you're just that kind of guy as well. And unfortunately, we're out of time. Ralph, thanks so much for spending some time with us uh, today. Glad you had a chance to talk as well uh, about the coaches' association, Lindsay, and everyone there doing a, a fantastic job. Thanks so much for doing this, and look forward to seeing you behind the bench, hopefully sooner than later. Thank you, gentlemen, and thank you to all your listeners for the passion that I know they have for the game. And when it comes back, we will all be that much more excited about uh, about what we're all able to do. And uh, I wish everybody good health, and hopefully we get through this all together in the world in a, in a timely manner. So thanks, and uh, next time let's talk. Hopefully we're playing hockey games. The head coach of the Buffalo Sabres, Ralph Kruger, in conversation with Jeff Merrick and the gang at Hockey Central at noon earlier today. And, Rye, there's a, there's a guy that has yet to coach a full NHL season. He got 48 games his first time around in 12-13 with the Oilers, and this year he's got 69 games under his belt with the Buffalo Sabres. But, uh, boy, there, there are a lot of people who really appreciate the – approach that ralph Kruger takes to coaching an nhl team well and they were just looking for an associate coach for him pat in edmonton but uh we know how that one ended i think he was fired by skype which uh yeah I, i've always really admired the bad, it was it such a bad like, look for the oilers too i never understood like he had them in the best spot that they had been in in years and off he goes so they could bring in Dallas Aikens. I never understood the decision. Well, I think at the time, Dallas Aikens was this rising stock, this hot prospect coach that was, you know, to be fair, having a lot of success, but with a a stacked roster on the Toronto Marlies, they would pay guys money that most teams in the AHL wouldn't. And I was working in Abbotsford that year, and, the Heat played the uh, Marlies in the second round of the playoffs, and it just it wasn't fair. I mean, you had guys making a half million bucks a year on one side, and the other side, your veterans were making, you know, maybe 120. And Toronto was always run that way, but it's not always easy to separate the coach from the players, from the results. And I do remember having a one-on-one sit-down with, with Aikens at a coaching conference many years later back in Toronto, and he he owed up to a lot of the the mistakes he made in Edmonton. And at that point was in San Diego, I think in his first year and has done really good work in the, the American league system for the, for the ducks. And then now is running the NHL team, but yeah, like they, they fell for the, the, the hot prospect, the, the, the hype machine, the momentum, like whatever you want to call it. Like Aikens was the sexy candidate and they threw out Ralph yep. Kruger who, I still think, uh, as you alluded to, did the best job with that group over that miserable decade of uh, not making the playoffs. Interesting, uh, interesting situation the Buffalo Sabers find themselves in. But I uh, and and you know we all wait to see when they're going to turn into the team that so many people have been suggesting they might turn into, but it's never quite come to fruition. 
Probably wasn't going to happen this year, but there's still a lot to like about that team going forward. Okay, it's Pinder and Steinberg. Uh, as we've got lots more to get to at the top of the hour, just after 5 o'clock, we're going to hear from the general manager of the Calgary Flames, Brad Treliving. We'll do that around the corner as the Flames have made a couple of signings today, and we'll get the details on those two signings next. Happy Friday on Pinder and Steinberg, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Well, look at this. We've got a special guest for the Sports Drive at 5. Pat, Pat. Pat Steinberg? Pat? I don't think I'm going to be a special guest from uh, for much longer. Uh, looks like uh, Pinder and Steinberg 2-6 to six is the new normal for the next little while. Or just Steinberg. I mean, whatever. Like, <laughs> it's just me, Steinberg and Klein. Yeah. Um, See you, boys. I'm out. Hey, Pinder. <laughs> I was like, I thought he was still like five like, to ten This is gonna be the map. this is gonna be the case for the for the next number of months. I'm out of here. Yeah. I'm, I thought it was just today. <laughs> Sorry about that. I'm back. I'm back. Okay, all flames hour, Patty. Wall to wall Calgary Flames news today, which in the uh, ninth day of the sports apocalypse is like stumbling upon a what? Like a chest full of gold. Brad Treliving, yeah, gold mine. Connor Mackey. Colton Poolman all between now and somewhere into the six o'clock hour as we go all in on the Flames college undrafted free agent signings both defensemen uh, good hour ahead to be sure yeah the uh, the Flames made some news today I think that you know we had been we had known that they were close on a couple of uh, college free agents and both those names had been out there in kind of the Twitterverse, both the names of Colton Pullman and Connor Mackey. And, but look, as, as you have noted a couple of times today, Pinder, like the, these are two pretty highly touted guys. Mackey might have been the biggest name out there in terms of college free agents. And a lot of people really like the the type of moxie and some of the things that Pullman brings to the table. So a lot of people really like these additions for the Calgary Flames today, both left-shot defensemen. Well, the three-letter network had uh, come up with a list of the top uh, undrafted college free agents out there. Number one was Connor Mackey. That's one list. And uh, texting around people that worked in the USHL or had seen him in terms of scouting the NCAA ranks, not really mm-hmm. any knock on the game. The agility might not be exactly where it needs to be, but it's something that everyone thinks he'll be able to figure out and that a very complete player, a lot of ceiling, and that if you were an NHL team, you want this guy as one of your 50 contracts. The Flames, the one organization that ends up with him. It's a coup for Calgary, uh, given the interest in the 23-year-old left-shot defenseman. Yeah, and uh, Utah, and, and we're just about to hear from Brad Tree Living, but, you know, when you hear things about Colton Pullman, they, they talk about the character, they talk about how people at university at the University of North Dakota talk about him as being one of the highest character guys they've ever had uh, over the last 20 years, and that includes names like Jonathan Taves and TJ Oshie and some of the other great names that have gone through the University of North Mike Dakota. Commodore. Uh, <laughs> yep, uh, Brad Pascal. Um, there's oh, really? a lot wow. of a uh, lot of people. Yeah, Pascal was there for three years. <laughs> he, I was know. making fun of him for that today. I was like, "Ah, you do. You need to get a shot in the NHL." Um, but yeah, a lot of people talk about how high character uh, Colton Pullman is, and of course, his older brother Tucker is a fifth round pick of the Winnipeg Jets, and and has started to begin making his mark in the NHL as well. Let's start with uh, Brad Shalivin. We're tight on time. We'll hear from him. 
Connor Mackey and Colton Pullman in that order. Earlier today, the general manager of the Flames with Pat Steinberg. Brad, thanks for doing this, and uh, thank you for giving us some hockey news today. Yeah, um, it's strange days indeed, Pat, but uh, uh, we've tried to keep... uh, First of all, we know there's much more important things going on there, um, and so that goes without saying, but uh, we've tried to keep grinding away here on our business, and we're we're certainly happy to get... uh, the two guys signed that we got signed today. Well, take us through before we get into the specifics of the two players that you have signed, Connor Mackey and, and Colton Pullman. Take us through this process. Was the college free agent signing process any different, uh, significantly different than in other years at this time? I wouldn't say significantly different. You just had, well, you had two, two I guess, major differences, so. I guess it probably was significantly different. Um, you know, all of a sudden the season just ends. So, so like all of us, you had a lot of players that, um, you know, you you just sort of your internal timing that you're thinking that they're they're going either on to regionals or they're they're going to play at a, at minimum to this date. All of a sudden, everything came to an end, um, and then certainly um, the changes right now are the rules right now that the, the league has put in place that, um, you know, teams right now are unable to sign players for the 1920 season. So everything's a future contract. So you've seen in the past where a player quote unquote burns a year or comes in and signs and, and, you know, burns that, that first year or that year of eligibility off an entry level contract. Those, those situations um, are not available right now. And, Obviously, with the uncertainty of the league and when we will be back, you know, I think I think early on, some player, you know, players and their representatives and their advisors looked and say, okay, is there, should we wait and maybe we get a little bit more clarification or more clarity uh, whether the league and when the league's going to be back later on. So those are probably the the two biggest changes, Pat. But for the most part, it was it was business as usual as you're going through the process and. You know, these are players you've been watching, you know, in some cases for a few years. And so now, then it was just connecting at the end with their advisors and usually with their parents and them and, and walking them through your your program and, and, and sort of where you stand and for them to ultimately make a decision. Tell us about the two players. Tell us about Colton Pullman and Connor Mackey and, and why you wanted them as part of the Flames organization. Well, first of all, we think they're both real good players. Um, you know, they, they're they're you know, as as in the case with most college free agents, they're not you know they're not 17, 18, so they're physically mature. I think both players are really pushing and and uh, um, you know are, are not far from playing. I mean, that, I think they're very close. Um, you know, that'll be up to them as you get into training camp and all the rest of it, but. I think both of them are, are, are close players. They're different in a lot of cases. If you look at Connor, Connor's a real big man, um, moves very well for, for a guy his size, mobile, um, moves the puck well. I think he just, he's just a good all-around player. You know, he's probably generated as much um, you know, hype around him as, as any player, as any college free agent this year. Uh, and really the last two years, he's a player that we – I believe it was 2017 we had him at our development camp. Um, and we've been tracking him, you know, ever since his USHL days. 
but he really just he, he does everything real well. Um, sort of an all-round guy. You wouldn't pinpoint him in a certain area. Um, big, mobile, long, lots of reach, good range, moves the puck fine. Not a dynamic player, but moves the puck fine. And then I think he's just as because of his length, because of his his mobility, he's going to be a player that that you know in today's game can be a matchup guy, where he can defend against speed, he can defend against skill. Um, long and and then has a chance to transition a puck. Um, when I look at Colton, um, similar, you know, if you look at him at a college standpoint, he plays in all situations, you know, power play, penalty kill, um, about six one, you know, give or take two hundred pounds. Um, real hard edge to him, you know. This is a really highly competitive, highly character player. If you talk to that staff, and I encourage you to do it, the staff at North Dakota, they'll talk about him you know over the course of the last 20 years of that program in terms of the character the character people that they've had through there and i think colton they would tell you is right at the top of the list so a two-year captain at north dakota um you know plays with an edge um hard defender i look at him more as a you know a guy he's going to kill penalties um you know this isn't a guy who just whacks the puck around the boards he's got some ability with it he moves it it's simple not going to be, you know, he's not going to be a, a confused with the real dynamic puck moving guy, but just a real, you know, real solid guy. These types of people, both of them are guys you win with. You know, there's there's, um, yeah. um, like a solid edge to him, a competitive guy, high character. So, um, like I said, and both guys are, both guys are at that age too, where they're now coming out of college hockey, but I think they're both going to be pushing. 23 and 24 years old so I, I would imagine expectation jump in and at the at the very worst kind of be guys that can jump right in and be somewhat impact makers at the American League level to start their pro careers yeah I, I think uh, certainly I mean what we told them is you, you got to be careful putting any you know any expectations on guys they're they're, they're young players um, they've not played pro hockey yet, so there's always an adjustment, especially when you start looking at the NHL. So, you know, there. What we've we, what we've added today is we made our defense depth dramatically deeper than it was yesterday. And uh, you know, when you look at our NHL roster, we've graduated a lot of young players. There's, you know, you know, or or we've had players playing here that are still young. When you look at Hannafin and Anderson and Shillington and Balamak and mm-hmm. Hurt, um, those are young players, but. You know, we've we've now got to restock the system, if you will, and bringing these two guys in. Um, you know, ahead of the draft, where where I, I expect us to, you know, obviously draft some defensemen. It's that next cycle of guys, um, but these we think highly of both. And I and in both cases, it, it's a it's a testament to the staff, the work of our staff. And you know, none of these signings happen without the work of Billy Powers and Craig Conroy. They're on the front lines with with at the college level. Like I said, they bring him. Billy brings him to development camp. You know, he's in touch with them. He's he's working them, meeting with the families, meeting with the advisors, meeting with the player. You know, day after day. Same with Craig. These guys were, you know, um, it's a it's really been a two year process when you look at Connor Mackey. And uh, I certainly want to make sure that uh, recognize both Billy and Craig for their work and and getting these things done. 
In conversation with Flames general manager Brad Tree Living, Calgary adding a couple of defensemen to their organization today in Connor Mackey and Colton Pullman, both college free agent signings. You talk about the, the depth on the blue line and, and making your blue line deeper, Brad, and, and I know that you've talked many times about how important that is, but if you can just underline again how, how much import there is on being able to be deep up and down your organization at that position specifically. Well, I just think that's that's you can't have a chance to win with if you're not strong in the back end, and we saw it this year. <laughs> Excuse me, we saw it this year with um, you know we 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 had to go spend a couple assets. We got injuries at the end of the year um, with Geo and Hammer, and we got thin there. And uh, you know those are a little bit different circumstances where we didn't know how long they were going to be. Um, but you can never have too many defensemen, and. Uh, to me, they're like gold chips, and you know we'll continue to draft them. We'll continue to mine them from wherever we can get them, and uh, but they're 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 critically important. And the, the you know you look around the league, it's just it's hard to find D. Um, it's always been hard to find D, and it continues to be. So when you can when you can add them to your system, um, you know, like I said, it's uh, and especially through this route where you're you're not expending an asset, it's 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 paramount and so um we worked hard to get these guys and and like i said they're we're we're excited to have both of them just the overall market when it came to college free agent signings obviously you talked about the differences in getting that stuff done but what was it still a pretty busy market and, and lots of bidding wars out there not even just on these two players oh yeah it's it's competitive it's competitive league it's a it's a small world um, everybody knows who the players are, um, and like I said, we don't we don't we don't cast a uh, you know we're not we don't have a list of fifty guys and just keep going to the next one. We 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 try to really isolate and target certain players, um, and these these two, you know, at the at the on the on the back end were our top guys and have been for a while, and that's that's who we went after, and and we explain that to them and, and walk them through our process but you know everybody's looking as i said everybody's looking for d everybody's looking for players um you know you only can you can only get players from so many sources right you draft them you you sign them as free agents so each year the 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 market becomes that much more competitive and you know it ebbs and flows in terms of the college free agent this was this is a year that um you know we like the number of players um, but when we really, in the final analysis, boil it down and say, okay, who are we? Who do we think of a chance to be NHL players? You know, these two we felt, and we we're still looking at one more player up front, um, and uh, and we'll we'll hopefully get uh, word on that here in the next day or so. Um, but as we tell the players, we're not. It's not a long list, and we we go at those that we think have got a chance to to play for us, and and. Uh, and certainly these two uh, were right at the top of the list. Brad, you mentioned Connor Mackey and him coming to your development camp in 2017. We don't know if there's going to be a, a D camp this summer or not, and, and obviously there are far more important things. But I'm just you have you have signed players before out of that development camp, and and I'm just 
I'm curious as to the role in that camp, not just for guys who are already officially in your organization, but also for guys who might be and, and how that camp can start the ball rolling to potentially add future pieces to your group down the road. Bang on, Ty. We, we use that camp for two specific reasons. It's to continue to educate you know, players, whether they're our property or not, but primarily the players that we've drafted or signed recently or young players, you know, it's, it's, as you hear me say all the time, it's an orientation camp. So it's, I'm not interested in, you know, making teams or cutting players in July. It's about how do we, how do we get you ready? How do we maximize the summer that you have in front of you? If you're a young player, this is drafted. How do we teach you exactly what it's like to be a Calgary Flame, what we expect, how we live, how we train, how we go about nutrition, all those types of things. And then the second piece is to introduce ourselves to players that we may down the road be looking to sign. Some of them, you know, we've signed coming out of that camp. Some of them is in Connor Mackey's case is players that we know are going to school, maybe just starting school, maybe after their first year that we feel our staff has identified that these are going to be players of interest, of interest to us down the road. And, and there's a number of players that have attended our camp that, you know, signed elsewhere at some point. Um, that we were, weren't able to sign them. So it's a critical tool to help in your player identification um, and, and your player procurement process is bringing them into the camp and and getting not only you to, to learn about them, but them to learn about you and experience, you know, meet the staff and experience the facilities and see what it's like in the area. So, um, and and it's, we, we've had a lot of success selling you know, that. When players come in, they just have a good experience, um, enjoy the staff, they learn a ton at these camps, um, and they leave there thinking it's a very well-professionally run organization that I can get better in. So you hit the nail on the head that it's not just, you know, education for our players, but it's for us to learn a little bit of about free agents and uh, and maybe at the time, like, it, like with Connor, that you can – refer back to and and you know that that started the relationship in 2017 him coming to the camp and mm-hmm. now we look look to today and we're successfully got him as a member of the organization brad was uh and, and i know that there are a lot of other things going on that are more important than hockey and outside of hockey but you know just uh maybe a personal anecdote for you was it nice to be able to dig into these contracts and and dig into these conversations and negotiations just as kind of a partial distraction for what's going on in the outside world? Yeah, yeah, you hit it again. Like, uh, we we know there's more important things, and, and everybody's going through difficult times right now. We've tried to just, you know, um, make sure our, our group's looked after, help out wherever we can, look after our families, and then try to immerse ourselves in, in our work, which we do every day. It's just how do we make our team better, and is there opportunities right now that we need to, 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 to go on. So um, with everything that was going on, it's, it's, it, it did gave us at least a little distraction as we went through the process. We've been working on this for a while, but certainly the last 72 hours has been, you know, as it, as it sort of comes to a culmination is where we've been spending all our time. But again, um, you know, our, our, our mind isn't far removed from knowing everything that's going on out there. And, and our thoughts for everybody are with everybody in our community to make sure that they're doing all the things they need to be doing, and hopefully, uh, hopefully we can get through this sooner rather than later, and, and, and good days ahead. 
Final thought for you, Brad, and that's just what what else is on the docket for a general manager during these times? Like, what else are you sifting through? What else are are you having to stay on top of in in kind of this strange limbo we're in? Well, bouncing off the walls a little bit, it would probably put it lightly. <laughs> um, the you know what we've tried to do is okay, we're we're in the situation we're in. How do we how do we how do we make the very best? And we're going to get out of this. We're going to come out of it. And like in all times of distress, um, you know, can you can you come out of it, you know, better than when you went into it? And, and so we're trying. We're working with our scouting staff right now, both pro and amateur. We've got a draft to prepare for, so now we can't go watch the players live. How much more viewings can we get as we as we disseminate video to them? We can get more crossover viewings that, that maybe we wouldn't do. Otherwise, is there is there a deeper dive that we can get into on that? So we're keeping them busy, keeping the pro staff busy in terms of, you know, if we look in, into our team now. Obviously, we've got some expiring contracts, but no different than we'd normally do. We'd look at project work of studying, you know, each division that we've assigned for our guys to really dig in and and find out more about players out there than we than we know. So um, it's a time that we've, like I said, it's it's a it's a it's a real uh, unknown that's going on out there. Um, but for our little cocoon here, we're trying to make sure we're staying active, we're staying busy, and that we can uh, uh, when we get out of this thing that we'll be um, we'll be ahead of the game. So that's that's what we're trying to stay active with in terms of the business. We had uh, we had Conroy on talking about some stories from 2004 earlier this week, and I just asked him, "Is like, can this maybe be uh, maybe Brad can get some sleep during this time, and because there's there's not as much going on?" And he, ah, no, uh, Brad's Brad's still working the phones like crazy. Nothing's changed. So <laughs> seems like you're 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 finding a way to stay busy at least. Yeah, I gotta find busy. Well, I'm sure that I'm, uh, you having Conroy tell stories. I, I, I'm shocked that that segment ended. How, it I went, mean, that, it went 40 minutes, so I mean, it, yeah, it, shock, it, it felt like it never ended. <laughs> <laughs> He'd have some good ones. Yep. Well, no, there was some. Stay uh... safe, Pat. Wash your hands there. Look after yourself. And we say the same thing to the listeners. We're thinking of everybody, and uh, and hopefully we'll be back sooner before before we know it. Thanks, Brad. Really appreciate the time this afternoon. Okay. Take care, Pat. There's the general manager, Brad Treliving, chatting with Pat Steinberg earlier today, fresh off the signing of the two defensemen out of the NCAA today, Connor Mackey and Colton Pullman. Speaking of Mackey, we'll hear from him directly next. It's the Sports Drive at 5 on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Welcome back to the program. Two new members of the Calgary Flames now in the fold. Both left-shot defensemen, college-free agent signings. Connor Mackey, who we're just about to hear from, uh, from Minnesota State University, Mankato, and Colton Pullman of the University of North Dakota. Thanks to General Manager Brad Living, who joined us a little earlier today, Mr. Pender. Yeah, this is a big day for sports news in the middle of, uh, well, no hockey news at all. We'll take it to be sure. Some intriguing parts. We'll hear from uh, both those players between now and 6 o'clock. And a reminder, Stephen Brunt will have his one-on-one with Ariel Hawani coming up beyond 6 o'clock right here on Sports 960 The Fan. But right now we revisit that conversation with Connor Mackey from earlier today. Connor joins us on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline this afternoon. Connor, thanks for doing this. How are you feeling on this Friday afternoon? Uh, feeling really good. Uh, super excited uh, to be a flame. 
Well, tell us about the uh, tell us about the process. Tell us about deciding on joining the Flames and making this decision today. Yeah, it was uh, it was a hard decision to make. Um, it was a long process. Um, so it kind of started the, throughout the last uh, three years, I'd say, um, just starting to get recruited and um, uh, being a free agent in college. In, in college, and um, you know, building. I started building the relationship with the Flames a few years back. So. Um, yeah, ultimately the decision to, to come to sign with the Flames, uh, had a lot to do with the opportunity. And honestly, I just felt, uh, felt comfortable with, uh, with the conversations I had with them and, and the relationships I've built with, uh, with their staff there over the past couple of years, they've been, they've been amazing. So like I said, just really happy. Uh, it's an exciting day for me. You mentioned you already had a prior relationship with the team. You came to development camp in 2017. How how much did that familiarity and having that experience with the Flames play into your decision to ultimately sign with them? Yeah, it uh, it definitely helps a lot. You know, going there and seeing the city, uh, just kind of meet, meeting everybody at camp there. Um, uh, in person, it, it was big. You know, you start building that relationship early. Uh, definitely helps a lot. So, yeah, that definitely played into the. Uh, that was a factor in the decision. You know, and their interest uh, just never never wavered. You know, even back then, up up until uh, yesterday. You know, they've always been high on me. So, yeah, that is definitely a piece that helped me make this make this decision. So do you uh, t- take us back to that development camp? Like you stayed in contact with the organization, I would imagine. Did you stay in contact with any of the guys who were at that camp? Just to, I guess, tell us about from from then to now, how many people you've been able to stay in contact with. Yeah, you know, I haven't stayed in contact with too many of the guys. Um, maybe the few, a few college guys that were there. Um, you know, you're close to those guys. You're just playing in the same in the league or the same conference or something like that. But uh, for the most part, um, you know the the GMs, the assistant GMs, you know they were all the same. So so their staff and the scouts there, uh, development guys. Um, yeah, I built a relationship with all of them, and and over the years I've just kept in uh, contact with Brad and, and Craig Conroy, Billy Powers. Those guys um, have been great in handling me and and through this whole process. You talked about the opportunity. What about the opportunity with the Flames was so exciting and so, uh, I, I guess, tempting for you to make this decision today? Yeah, I just I think this the direction they're going. Uh, you know, you look at their team. They got they got a they got they got some veterans. They got some some uh, guys that've been in the league, and they got a lot of young guys too. So um, it's just a team that uh, I thought really excited. It was really exciting to me and. And, um, you know, you look at their blue line, there's a lot of, a lot of guys, uh, you know, you can really learn from, like Mark Giordano, Norris Trophy winner. You know, that, that was something that um, was exciting to me, you know, maybe going into camp and, and taking a few things, playing behind him, learning from a guy like that, uh, just seeing his, his pro habits and everything. Um, and, yeah, just where they're at right now, I thought, uh, you know, that it would be the best place for me to, to grow my game and try to be an NHL player, an everyday NHL player. You mentioned Mark Giordano. There's a guy that uh, not drafted and kind of a late bloomer and all of a sudden wins a Norris Trophy last season. You, uh, you you kind of identify with a story like that in a lot of ways? Yeah, yeah, I think so, yeah. I uh, I am definitely a late bloomer too. And, um, 
it's cool to see all of his success. And yeah, there's some, a guy like I could look, look up to. Um, and yeah, it's a pretty cool story for him. And yeah, I'm just trying to write my own path here, but um, definitely stuff that I would love to learn from him one day. In conversation with one of the newest members of the Calgary Flames, Connor Mackey joins us after signing a free agent contract with the Flames today, joining us here on Pinder and Steinberg. Connor, you, you grew up in a hockey family. Your dad uh, played. Do you have any memories as a youngster of him playing? I, I'm looking it up. He would have been three or four in his last pro season. Yeah, uh, I do have a few memories. I know my dad uh, played his last year for the Chicago Wolves here, so that's where I'm home right now. Um, grew up grew up here so i do have a few memories my brother and i going out on the ice after practice uh skating around there uh going in the locker room following him around the locker room seeing the guys and then going a few games so uh, it was a while ago but i'd say those are uh memories that stick out to me yeah and you know what you, you wonder knowing that you grew up in the chicago area how intent were the blackhawks are getting you were, were they one of the teams that you had on a shorter list near the end they were a team definitely interested, um, but you know what? Not they weren't on the shorter list, uh, and we whittled it down the last week or so. But um, yeah, I mean, obviously, growing up in Chicago here and the success they had, it was uh, it was awesome to see um, watch them play. But um, they were they were one of the teams. But you know, I uh, kind of ruled them out shortly after uh, things started getting serious. What is that like? I mean, you spend all this time collegiately and going to development camps, and all of a sudden your season ends, and I'm sure everyone wants to talk to you. Every GM is after you. You're a pretty highly touted guy this spring. Was it overwhelming, or is that where you sit back and let your representative uh, earn their, their piece, I suppose? Yeah, it, uh, it could be a lot of times, but honestly, I think, um, you know, between my dad and myself and my agent, we we've uh, – handled it pretty well it hasn't really got uh overboard in, in any way throughout the whole time in college it, it never was super stressful um you know he handled he handled most of it talking to the teams you know it wasn't like i was talking to teams all the time um you know i shut it down after christmas um uh, just wanted to focus on school and hockey um where i was at at the time but um yeah, the last, I mean, within the last couple of days, obviously, obviously things ramped up and we started talking more, but uh, it's never, never been too stressful of a time. Um, for me, you know, we, we have a, we have a good handle on it and uh, it was great going through with them. You've been uh, dubbed a late bloomer, which uh, would, would make sense at your age to be signing your first NHL contract, but take us through that progression. You were the defenseman of the year in the USHL in the 16-17 season before heading to Mankato, uh, walk us through your development and maybe where you feel like you've really, I guess, picked up steam or, or, or become something close to an elite player. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that, that My last year junior there was, was a big year for me, breakout year, but um, I think it was just scratching the surface even at that point. Uh, I, I logged a lot of minutes that year and, and maybe got the accolades, but I still had, I thought, still had holes, holes in my game. And, you know, you come to the college game, um, even being a little bit, I was twenty, twenty-one at the time. And even b- being a bit older of a guy, you know, you still, I still had a lot to learn. And you know, your college is a bit older. You're playing with men, you know, twenty-three, twenty-four-year-olds. Um, so I, I thought I really took a step. Um, you know, just in my three years in college, you know, coming to Mankato and uh, playing under that that uh, coaching staff, I learned a lot of stuff, just the little details of the game and 
how to really play the right way in, in all three zones. Um, so I, th- I really thought my game grew, especially within the last few years, uh, just being in college and, and, and playing under that, uh, that staff and that organization in Mankato. Talk about that program. What about the Mavericks and, and that group? We're not terribly familiar with the college game up here. We'll, we'll catch the odd bean pot game or the frozen four game, but uh, what can you tell us? Uh, get us behind the curtain a bit for, for these uh, us Northern Canadians that don't get to go down and watch any NCAA hockey. Yeah, yeah. You know what? It's a bit of a hidden gem school, uh, Minnesota State University. Um, you know, they don't they might not get the accolades like some of the other Big Ten schools or North Dakota or St. Cloud or, you know, some of those schools. But, um, you know, with the staff there, they built an unbelievable program. Uh, just the recruiting uh, they go through, you know, with with the players and, and the people they bring in. Um, not just great hockey players, but really good people. And I think that's why they built uh, – they've been so good the last few years, um, really turning that program around. But, uh, yeah, it's about a medium-sized school. About 15,000 people go there. So it was uh, – it was awesome. We had a great year this this year too, and obviously, unfortunately, it came to an abrupt end, like everyone's season. But um, yeah, great great memories back in college, and uh, just a great school overall. Really, uh, really great spot to play, and I'm thankful I could uh, you know spend time there. Connor Mackey joining us, uh, one of the newest Calgary Flames, one of two college free agent signings by the Flames today, joining us on Pinder and Steinberg on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Well, expand on that a little bit, Connor. Like, tell us about playing at a small school, but being a student athlete and being part of the hockey program in a Minnesota university. So, tell us about Mankato as being a uh, a college athlete. What's campus life like? Yeah, camp, you know what, campus life is uh, it's fun. Um, being a bit of a smaller school, you know, we're the only uh, we were the only Division One uh, program at that school uh, within all the other sports. So. Um, you know, we definitely got the recognition there, which was nice, but, uh, it was, it was a big enough school where, you know, people know who you are, but at the same time you can, you know, you're not walking, you know, you know, you're running into the same people every time. So on campus, but, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was great there. I mean, we packed the house every Friday and Saturday, uh, in our home rink and, uh, our fans were un- unreal. So, um, yeah, it was it was a great time. I enjoyed I enjoyed it there. I I um and I, I follow your agent on Twitter and so tell us about tell us about the academic side of things. You decided to go back for your junior year uh, at Man, uh, at Mankato and you earned your degree, right? Like you are you're finished. You got your degree and uh, you're ready to make the jump from school into pro hockey in every sense of the word, hey? Yeah, that's correct. You know, I I don't have my degree yet. Uh, I'm finishing up here with uh, things the way they are right now. Uh, I'm just finishing up online, so I'll be scheduled to graduate uh, middle of May. Okay. So that's uh, that's the plan. So yeah, pretty much. I'm almost there. I'm at the home stretch of my degree. But uh, right after that, yeah, fully fledged in the pro hockey life. So was that was that a difficult decision to go back for a third year? Yeah, uh, yeah, it was it was a super hard decision. Um, you know, after my second year, I thought uh, I could be ready. You know, I, I think I, I thought I was ready at the time, but um, ultimately, I thought you know one more year is gonna it's kind of the whole package. I'm gonna develop even more. Uh, I get a chance to win championships with this team. We're, we were we had a great team last year. 
you know, everyone was coming back just the, the way every, all the classes worked out. And, uh, um, yeah, I'm going to finish with my degree in three years. That was the plan. I was kind of on a bit of a fast track program. Once I got in, I knew that I wanted to get, get my right. degree. So, uh, I did a lot of summer school and got a lot of help, help there just through my coaches and, and teachers, you know, get make, making sure I was in the right classes. Um, so yeah, that was all part of the plan and, and, uh, I'm excited to, to wrap it up in May here. So what's the degree? What are you, uh, what are you getting your, uh, your bachelor's in? Business management. Very nice. Very nice. So that, that'll, that'll serve you well whenever the hockey, uh, hockey re- career comes to an end. That's very cool. Well, a final thought for you. And, and, you know, you talked about how you felt ready even a year ago, but decided to go back for that third year in college. Just uh, give us a thought on how ready you feel to not just make the jump to play in pro hockey, Connor, but to make the jump in and play in the national hockey league. Yeah. You know, um, I was talking to someone earlier about this, but, you know, I, I obviously never played a game of pro hockey. I've, I've watched a ton of hockey, so I can't give you a complete comparison, but I, I feel I feel ready. I feel uh, physically I'm there, mentally I'm there. You know, after signing that signing that deal this morning, you know, no more college for me, so I'm, I'm fully invested now, and, you know, um, I'm just super excited to get going. Uh, I really am. I'm proud to be a Flame now, and I can't wait to uh, to get to Calgary and just get started when this, whenever that, that may be. Congratulations, Connor. Thanks for doing this today, and uh, we look forward to uh, seeing you out here whenever that may be, but appreciate the time this afternoon. All right, guys. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. There's Connor Mackey joining us on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar hotline. Uh, The bar is closed in these tough times, but a reminder, Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar is still available for pickup and delivery. 403-248-3344. Pat, that's one of the two signees. We'll hear from the second one next. All kinds of hockey lineage, two hockey families. We told you Mackey's dad was a pro that played for the Chicago Wolves. He got over 100 games in the NHL, but the Pullman family, no stranger to the NHL either. No, his uh, older brother Tucker is already a member of the Winnipeg Jets, and you talk about a guy who's already lived part of his hockey dream. Uh, he did so by playing at the University of North Dakota. Colton Pullman of now the Calgary Flames joins us next on the Sports Drive at 5, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Welcome back to the Sports Drive at 5, all flames, all hour. It's been a very refreshing change of pace, Pat. Yeah. It's been uh, nine days since the NHL, and seemingly all sports have been canceled, but fun to have some Flames news in a day where we're talking less about uh, social isolation or social distancing, quarantines, and a lot more about breakout passes and the character of left-shot blue liners. A little more in our wheelhouse, I'd have to say. Yeah, certainly makes you long for the days when hockey seemed like it was the most important thing and uh, we were seemingly uh, riding the roller coaster with the Calgary Flames and every loss felt like it meant so much. Every win felt like it meant so much. And so uh, we missed those things. There's no doubt about it. So it was good to just get back to talking about hockey today and talking about you know how a guy might fit in in the American League or an NHL roster. And both these guys, like, look, hockey will return. And whenever hockey's back... And whenever we're back to talking about the NHL like we're used to, uh, I think both Connor Mackey and the gentleman we're about to hear from, Colton Pullman, will be really nice additions to the Flames organization. 
Yeah, and you know what they do, Pat? They fill in an area of the club that they just haven't got a lot of parts. They've got a lot of NHL defensemen, as we've seen this year. Valimaki hasn't even played a game. He remains in the system. Shillington and Stone mm-hmm. have been pushed off the depth chart with the move they made at the deadline. But if you want to talk about a prospect defenseman in the system that isn't at the NHL level yet... I don't know that we've got much to talk about. Well, until today, Connor Mackey and Colton Pullman. We had Connor on earlier, and we'll hear from Colton right now. Our chat earlier today with the newest Calgary Flame left shot defenseman right out of the North Dakota University. What's this day been like for you, knowing that you've signed your first NHL contract? Yeah, it's been uh, it's been exciting. Obviously, extremely uh, extremely happy to to sign the contract with uh, the Calgary organization and. You know, obviously, just a bit of good news there, but keeping it in perspective with uh, with everything that's uh, going on in the world, too. It's got to be kind of weird for you. Your season doesn't get to go the full way, necessarily, and um, you don't get to go through the, the normal things that you're used to at this time of year. What is this, uh, what is this last few weeks been like for you and, and in, in kind of your life? Yeah, certainly it was, it's been tough the last week or so since you know we were just getting off practice uh last thursday or something and then we find out that you know season's kind of kind of canceled and everything so i mean that was definitely a tough couple days kind of coming to terms with that but then end of the day it was was definitely for the best you know just got to make sure everyone's staying safe around here um but now yeah it's been a little bit more exciting day today obviously signing signing the deal so i'm uh you know excited well, take us through the process and and how you came to your decision to sign with the Calgary Flames. Yeah, I mean Calgary had been um, talking to me for for a long time. I'd say I think they they were talking to me my junior year, and then obviously things started heating up here. So they were definitely one of the teams from the beginning, and I I really liked that that they had you know watched me for a long time and and had liked my game for that long. So. That was that was definitely a big factor going into it, and you know, meeting some of their some of their staff like uh, Craig Conroy and and Brad Pascal, they were you know just really good, personable guys, easy guys to talk to, and you know, I just I just thought it was a it was a really good fit, and you know, just just excited to be able to have the opportunity. How like was this uh, was this a, a kind of one of those things where you had a number of teams to choose from and, and a lot of things that you needed to sift through a lot of information that you needed to consider um i don't think it wasn't too much i mean there there were some other teams uh for sure but i think it was you know after speaking with with calgary and some of the other teams i just i just thought it was you know it was the best fit for me i, I just i liked uh the staff you know a lot and you know the um you know the the city obviously and like just the organization as a whole i thought that they just did a great job and you know i thought i felt most comfortable with them and it was kind of just my gut feeling what about the opportunity you you, you like the hockey opportunity and the the chance to jump right in and potentially play a big role in the american league yeah i mean just just that opportunity to get uh, to sign a deal and just try to come in and work hard every day and, and compete and battle for for a spot anywhere that's that's all uh that's all I'm, i can uh, i can do that's all uh, in my control anyway so you know just uh just that chance is all is all i i wanted and you know i was grateful for them to to sign me and hopefully 
like I said, just just try to bring it every day and let the chips fall where they may. New Calgary Flames defenseman Colton Pullman is with us here on Pinder and Steinberg. Colton, you, you've spent a season in Canada, but for a guy from North Dakota that went to North Dakota and played in the USHL, uh, what was your one hockey season in Canada like? That was awesome. Um, you know, it, it was just a little different than, than uh, hockey in the States. Like, you know, everyone was just so educated on the game and and in Penticton you know it was a it was a culture of winning so I was just it was so much fun to to be on a really good team there and to to play hockey in Canada was something special so I'm hopefully um, just really looking forward to maybe having that opportunity again. Yeah and Dante Fabro, Tyson Jost, two guys that are in the league from that squad that that seems like a pretty stacked junior team. Yeah yeah no we uh we definitely uh, we had a good regular season. It, it, that one came short too. We we got uh, we got upset in the playoffs. So that was that was kind of a bummer. But um, that whole year was was really great for me. Just seeing seeing hockey in a different country, and you know, just all the passion, and you know, just how much they really love the game here, and it just revolves around it. It was it was pretty cool as as a hockey player going up there. We know about you, your brother, obviously, and, and his career, but uh, your dad's been involved with the game for a long time. Tell us about his role at North Dakota. Yeah, he's been the hockey strength and conditioning coach as well as like the athletic trainer for as probably since the year I was born. Honestly, he's been there as long as I can remember, um, and he's he's been just great having around the last four years. Like you know, in, in my twenties, you're you're not used to seeing your dad every day and getting to ask him questions like face to face and lucky enough I kind of had that opportunity to to see him every day and just you know it was, it was just great seeing him around the building and getting getting the ability to share memories with him in college is I know is something um, I'll never take for granted and it was it was pretty special to have him there. Colton Pullman joining us on Pinder and Steinberg the, one of the newest signings of the Calgary Flames at the University of North Dakota. Colton, well, tell us about uh, having a brother already with NHL experience under his belt. Of course, if you're, if you're not aware, Tucker Pullman is the older brother, 2013 fifth-round pick of the Winnipeg Jets. What, what's it like having an older brother already kind of going through this and how that might help you? Yeah, he's been such a great resource, like you said, like going through it maybe a couple years before me. He's, I mean, just provides a lot of little insight that you know I might might not have thought of or like you know if I have any sort of questions about anything you know hockey related or or otherwise he's just you know a great person to to bounce things off of and obviously it's pretty cool to have a brother in the NHL but um you know it's just just been you know pretty pretty unreal experience for him right now and you know hopefully I can keep learning and keep uh, picking up tips and stuff from him so what's the like what what's the deal the the Pullman's just the big character defenseman like is that is that part of your dna <laughs> i i have no clue about that but ho i mean we'll <laughs> see i hope so i think uh i try to try to model my game after him i mean he's he's a little bit bigger body than i am a little a little more gangly and reachy on him but uh you know just hopefully i can just try and bring the competitive edge every game and you know compete and work hard
Well, the reason I ask that is because uh, I've talked to a few people in the organization, the Flames organization today, and a couple people outside, and everybody says the same thing about you, like highly competitive and high character. People uh, with the University of North Dakota say the same things. Uh, Just talk about that side of your game, kind of the intangible side of your game. Yeah, I guess that's kind of what I've, you know, tried to try to bring all along, I guess, growing up and, you know, watching my older brother play to seeing how, how hard he would work just to get opportunities to play. And, you know, I thought, it, you know, try to incorporate that because that's, you know, things you can control is just how hard you work and how hard you compete, you know. So hopefully uh, just got to keep doing that every day and, you know, just trying to, you know, bring my game and bring a good attitude every day. And that's kind of what I got to be about. So. So Colton Pullman's with us, one of the newest members of the Calgary Flames, as he signs as a college free agent defenseman today. What What's it like having the, the Pullman name now for people in Grand Forks be kind of synonymous with that program at North Dakota? Because your brother played there for three, you played there for four. It has to be pretty cool to cement the Pullman legacy in one of the best college programs in the entire country. Yeah, I mean, growing up, it was that was, it was kind of the the pinnacle of hockey for me. Growing up, I, I went to countless games with with my dad being at the program. I, I got to meet different players going through that program, big names like Jonathan Taze, DJ Oshie, and just you know that that was always the dream was that program. And you know to be able to to go through those doors like like some of those players did before me, and you know add to Add to the tradition, as we say down here a little bit, um, this last season is obviously something special. And, w- and with, uh, you know, my brother winning the national championship in 2016, he he obviously did that too. So it's um, it was definitely a dream come true to, to play for that program that we, you know, loved and cherished growing up so much. So just to clarify, you, you grew up on the Minnesota side of Grand Forks, right? Yeah, yeah. They're just uh, The Red River separates uh, North Dakota from, from Minnesota up up north there and it's east grand forks on the minnesota side and then grand forks which is where uh the university is obviously university of north dakota but um yeah just uh just across the river there what's it like i don't know if people in this country have a a a real firm grasp of how big that program is and how important the hockey program specifically is in grand forks north dakota so tell us about it tell us about playing for the organization what it means to the community and how big a deal it is in grand forks it's i mean hockey's king around here for sure and especially when that new rink was built in in 2001 the ralph engelstad arena it just it opened up so many other doors for players that wanted to come and play college hockey there like it's definitely the biggest talking point in town is always friday saturday what 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 happened with the team how they do you know who are they playing and you know growing up and watching all that stuff and you know hoping one day that you get there it's it's just a privilege and it's been a been an honor and it's very humbling experience to to go through that program and actually live it every day and and see what it is to to be a part of it because it's it's one of the the blue bloods of college hockey and it's you know it's it really doesn't compare when it to to most programs it i'm biased obviously but it's <laughs> it's it's something special to uh to go to a game down there for sure four years uh, with the University of North Dakota. Tell us how you grew as a player from your freshman year to your senior year. Yeah, I think my freshman year, um, 
you know, I had had my brother on the team too. He was he was a junior coming back, so I kind of just wanted to to separate a little bit from him and you know, kind of prove it for myself that you know I I belonged on the team and you know I I just wanted to you know play every game and you know just just be a good solid steady defenseman and then you know next next couple of years things kind of started happening and contribute to the offense a little bit more and got more comfortable with my role and then you know obviously these these last couple of years being being captain was was such a humbling experience that that's such a storied program that I mean it definitely grew as a as a person and as a player these last two years just just in uh, in that regard just you know being being a leader in the locker room and you know trying to you know uh be a good player as well as it was something that um you know helped me out greatly not just on the ice but off the ice as well good stuff so you uh you leave the university of north dakota with the degree like you you've got that all ironed out as as you graduate Hopefully we uh we're just online uh college right now. They sent all the students home with uh obviously want to be careful with like the with the coronavirus uh, kind of pandemic going on, so we're being safe and and studying from home right now, but at the hopefully by the end of May I'll have a have a degree in my back pocket too. So that's the plan anyways. What's the uh what if all things go according to plan? What's the degree? Uh it's a degree in uh biology. Well, very cool, very cool. So we had Connor Mackey, who got his degree in business management. He signs today, and and you get yours in biology. Do you know Connor at all? Like, I, I know you guys play in different conferences, but are you uh, aware of him at all? Do you uh, have you had an opportunity to chat with him? Uh, I haven't chatted with him personally yet, but I we did actually play a play a two game series in in uh, Mankato this year. That they were uh, one of our out of conference uh, teams that we got to play. So. Uh, we did play against each other, and it, it was a really fun series, actually. And I I remember it very vividly. He's he's a really good player, and I'm I'm excited to uh, get to know him and hopefully play with him. Appreciate the time today, Colton. Thanks so much for doing this. Congratulations on the contract, and uh, we hope to see you out here in Calgary as soon as possible. And and obviously we know that things are weird right now, but as soon as humanly possible. I uh, can't wait to see you out here. Thanks for doing this today. Yeah, for sure. Appreciate it. Stay safe. Colton Pullman, one of two defensemen signed as undrafted free agents out of the NCAA today by the Calgary Flames. We heard from Connor Mackey earlier and the general manager, Brad Treliving. All of that available on the website, sportsnet.ca slash 960. Patty, that's about it for the Sports Drive at 5. Uh, can we do this again on Monday? Can they sign more college free agents? And joking aside, they might have a little more work to be done in the coming days. Well, as we heard earlier this hour from the GM, Bradtree Living says that they are uh, working on adding one more college free agent, this time a forward. So I'm curious as to who that is, and uh, maybe we get that news this weekend. Maybe uh, this time come Monday we're hearing from one of the uh, newest forwards in the Flames organization. I will say this. It was good to have some actual hockey news to talk about today. Yeah, and a big thank you to the general manager, also Connor and Colton, for joining us in the program. It's now only a matter of time before they join the NHL club. This will do it for the Sports Drive at 5. Big thanks to for Pat for being along. I feel like you're going to be joining me in the 5 from now on. I can get uh, into that for sure. And a reminder, Stephen Brunt's one-on-one with Ariel Hawani coming up next. Pat, you're more in the MMA, MMA circle. This guy's an absolute star reporter in sports. I don't know how many of those there are. 
guy's a rock star, and uh, he is the best it gets in covering mixed martial arts. And uh, he's turned uh, he's turned Ariel Helwani into as big a household name as most fighters that are fighting in the UFC. He does an unbelievable job, and he's a real cool character. This should be a real fun chat with Ariel and Stephen Brunt coming up next. All right, that'll do it for the Sports Drive at 5 right here on your home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960, The Fan.